it was kind of it was it's it's always interesting to watch Kevin work. Yeah. So it's just it's, yeah. He's a very smooth gentleman, you know. He's, yeah. he's very like, you know, he knows what to say. I feel like I've potatoes. <laughs> <laughs>You're back. I'm back. Yeah. <laughs> Jay's back. You're back. I'm back. We're back. It's, I'm back. It's, it's back. It's a band. What, what's our band's name? What is our band's name? I don't know. Name? You're always trying to exclude before. me from your friends in your band, and I, I want to be a part of it. I'm not trying it. to exclude you from my friends. I'm just trying to like you know keep my... Yeah. That, that's called exclusion, all right? I, I've been to all these bullying meetings Segregation. because of my daughters. <laughs> what is, I, feel like, I feel like in all of our time together, we've definitely talked about what our band would be called. If we were yeah. to have a band. Titties? Clam in the fence setters. I like it. <laughs> what, what was your... What? I don't know. I don't even remember what it would be. Um, now I'm thinking too hard on it. You got another one? Because I'm not, I'm not sure I can remember all that. Mm. No. No, I no, don't. Yeah, no. You guys are into jazz now, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we're super <laughs> into jazz. Yeah. Did I tell you that? I took Thomas on a, <laughs> a date last night, a dinner date. <laughs> To a fancy steakhouse. And he left you, didn't he? Yeah, we, we sit at the bar because, you know, that's the way pirates eat or guys that don't have women eat yeah. <laughs> at, yeah, yeah, yeah. at the bar and, and talk to the bartender. Um, and then uh, so Thomas is going with the homies to see some jazz. I'm like, jazz? What? You're not. You're way too young. Jazz is stupid. Why are you going to? Do- so he gives me this whole. We just went to New Orleans and now we're all Creole and we're going to go, you know, we're going to go live the roots. And they're going to go. And I was like. And it's just like a block away. And I was like, I ain't doing anything. I'm going to crash this. He's like, cool. And then later he's like, nah, you can't come. <laughs> so my, my friends my friends and you, I don't know. I just don't think it would jive. Am I wrong? You know my friends. Yeah. I don't. It would be hard to tell. I don't think that. I think Kevin would be fine. I think it would be the friends that. Yeah. It I, sounds like you need better friends. I, I mean, they're great friends. But, you know, I just like. You're, you're hurting it's, me. It's like when you bring. If one of them's you, not a friend. You try to collide your your worlds together. You know what I mean. And sometimes it doesn't work. Has that ever happened to you? Where like you yeah. bring a group of friends that you love and in, into another group of friends that don't know each other. Yeah. And it's strange. Mm, and I want to get out of there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I have this like you know I want to get out of there. So I, I try to save myself from that. I'm trying to enjoy some jazz and not think about anything else. You know what I'm saying. Now, I would never exclude you from any part of my life, Thomas, and that was very hurtful. But, you know, me be, being a survivor, you know, me and Beyonce, that's, that's who's yes. a survivor, yeah? Yep. So I'm just like, oh, Thomas, like the ATF and haters, is not going to steal my sunshine. Yeah. So fuck that. Don't let me steal so, your sunshine. So there's a lady at the bar. I'm like, yo, you want to go see some jazz? And she's like, fuck, who don't? <laughs> Did I tell you what his opening line was? No. No, don't lie. Because his opening line she was, talked to us for, well, you got potatoes. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a good opener. That is such bullshit. That's a good opener. No, this hey, is what, hey, this is what happened. Potato? It would have been better if she didn't <laughs> so, have potatoes. So my man, so Thomas, who is normally pretty reserved in a lot of ways, in our, apparently we don't have a friendship, so our professional. <laughs> your acquaintance. Uh, yeah. And he... My man gets a gin and tonic, and he starts going off on me. Uh-huh. <laughs> Kevin, this is why everything's fucked up. Yeah, don't give and me gin and tonic. We tonics. need some changes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I need, I need freedom. Yeah, it's Obama. And, I, and, never, I, never asked raise. And, I never asked for any of these things. <laughs> it was like all this stuff, and I'm like, you know, man, I'm just trying to chill. Like, we're, we're on a date. Like, let's have a steak and just <laughs> chill out, be homies. And he's, he's going off and everything. And so then I'm like, oh, God damn. And he's like, oh, I'm going to see jazz. I'm like. 
how fucking old are you? Like, why are you going to see jazz? And he goes off on this whole for my birthday, you know, we went to New, you know, Tom is like cool as a motherfucker. It's like we we go, we went to New Orleans, you know, and oh my god, it's the time of our lives. So I'm going with the homies. We're going, you know, because it's jazz, and we're gonna go to the jazz <laughs> concert here and, and all this. And I was like, holy fuck! Like I am too young for jazz, Thomas, and <laughs> yeah. I could be your daddy. And the lady next to you. I know. So I'm like, you are three generations too young for jazz, Thomas. I cannot let you go. This is going to be some musical influence that's going to ruin your whole music career. I can't let this happen. And so this lady next to me goes, I love jazz. (laughs) 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 Who are you? And I was like, so then I was stunned because this was not like a particularly super young lady. And, um, well, yeah, she's very nice like and jazz. wonderful, and I, <laughs> I panicked. So my opening line—that was her opening line right. to me—and so my opening line was, "You look really good and young for your age." <laughs> <laughs> Are those potatoes? <laughs> <laughs> so it was like a fucking hit the game winning three. So I could throw out anything Ooh, I wanted there. So right. then I started talking about potatoes. Yo, next and thing she you know. was like, she was waiting for Kevin. Like yeah. it was like it was like she was waiting there at the bar. If when she Kevin had to approach in. you guys with I love jazz. Yeah. She was absolutely it waiting. was Kevin I was, did. Kevin was in it already and he didn't even know it. No, see I'm not good with women. So my initial reaction was she was looking for a fight. <laughs> <laughs> Are you calling me old? We're gonna oh. take it was like the scene from Harlem Nights yeah. where Eddie Murphy accuses what's her name of oh, yeah. oh no now I'm gonna have to beat your ass. Right. And I want no hard feelings either. It's funny because he just he immediately was like talking about it. he's like well I just came back from all over the world and, oh you know, boy gotta let him know, know. <laughs> I, know I, just, I came back from from Cameroon which no good, she asked me good segue what I had been doing good segue because you just got back from Cameroon man I hate when you tell lies about man, me. I love I South hate America it. you know you were like I just can't I didn't know what, she asked me you didn't I didn't you know what something. Valentine's Day was she, and well, well I, I said that because I I said you know I've been out of town. I would try to come have a steak last night. I didn't even know it was Valentine's Day, you know. And I, I get there, it's like Tuesday night or Tuesday afternoon at four thirty. It's fucking popping in Portsmouth. You can't get a seat at the mm. bar at the library, and it, which is like the old person place. To, yeah, I, yeah. I guess I'm old. I was I at the one ten. Like you could have come down the way. Yeah, I ain't doing it. It's all right. I like good food. I like the one ten. And um, it, it, so that's how it happened. She goes, "Oh, where were you?" I said, "Cameroon." She's like, "What?" Where? Yeah, I love South Cameroon. America. And, uh, I, I think she thought I meant Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> and I was like, uh, Africa? Yeah. And so, the, yeah, and so then I was just like, oh, you know, I, I, I let the flow flow. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. This is what happened. It was kind of, it was, it's, it's always interesting to watch Kevin work. Yeah. So it's, 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 yeah. He's a very smooth gentleman, you know. He's, yeah. He's very like, you know, he knows what to say. I feel like I've potatoes. <laughs> yeah. What are those potatoes? Yeah, I feel like we can't use the potato opener. No, no, no. Yeah. we use the potatoes yeah. opener. We just like yeah. yeah, yeah. They call the police or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it wouldn't work out. Oh, oh I, see, I, I, I realize, I believe that was a backhanded compliment, but I, I feel like I'm old and get, getting a little Joe Biden, and I feel like. You said I was smooth, but actually just told the world I am not. Because I think I'm not very good with ladies. No, but the thing about it is, what Jay just said is we wouldn't be able to say, what are those, potatoes? Yeah. We wouldn't be able to say that and, like, get a woman to come to a jazz club with us. No, shot. Yeah. You. I don't think you would ask. You did it. and Yeah, we'd forcefully take her to the jazz club. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) And she was like, I like jazz. So... You win based yeah. on your you're smooth as fuck, and I can't say anything else about it. I like mm. it. 
Well, I like it. Thank so you. It doesn't make up for you rejecting me. So I haven't asked you one single thing since you got back from Cameroon. Because right. Which I've, is in Africa yeah, because I'm a baller yeah. and I see the world. Exactly. Yeah. And I haven't asked you one thing because I wanted to wait for this moment. And now you have to tell us every single thing about it. I heard you. I heard some crazy shit happen. Well, let's talk about Cameroon. Why are you going to Cameroon? You already went. <laughs> Why did you go to Cameroon? <laughs> I asked myself that same question. Um <sighs> So I have this other friend who's a real friend named Rad Robertson, who, who is probably the greatest PH in the history of South Africa. I met him. And uh, yeah, he's a cool guy. He's been yeah. here. Cool guy. Um, so anyway, there is, you know, so I started this whole thing. Like I actually started hunting um, about 12 years ago when we were developing 300 Blackout. Like I didn't grow up around guns. I think I've said all this shit before. Didn't grow up around guns. Didn't grow up with anybody that hunted. None of this stuff. But when we started doing 300 Blackout, and that was at the request of the military, you know, so I don't know, like the, all the PC shit, fuck all that. It's like we develop stuff to be efficient at killing things. That That's the reality of it. It's not that I grew up with like bloodthirst. Like I became interested in firearms, like the mechanical part of it and everything is interesting. And firearms are complicated enough to be interesting to me, and it's simple enough to where I can actually understand it. Like, I could never participate in designing, like, a spacecraft or something or a computer. But guns, like, I fit into that category, I think, pretty well. Anyway, so when they asked us to do 300 Blackout, and I realized it's going to be, like, this is a military thing, um, I, I had a farm, and, you know, and I didn't even hunt at the time, but that's when, actually, when I started. I went and started culling some deer to see, you know, if 300 Blackout would work on human-sized targets. Like, that's just... I don't know if we might have to edit this or YouTube will take it down, but you know, that was what they wanted it for was to shoot humans, you know, terrorists. And like, I don't know, you can do all the laboratory tests and all, but I wanted to know. So Aiden will, will five or six year old, my son, he and I started hunting. Um, so fast forward, did all that, got into hunting. Like I understood, um, started hunting with guys who've been doing it their whole lives and started understanding conservation. All the I talk about it all the time, so everybody gets it. So I, I, I fell in love with that, and it's a new passion the last decade or so. Um, so then I started going to Africa, and we started doing 8.6, and so everybody knows we talk about it on here. Uh, started doing all the testing on 8.6. Um, and while we picked 8.6, fast twist, blah, 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 what we're trying to achieve. But again, so rather than just gel test or lab test, okay, I'm going to take it out and kill stuff with it. I want to know how effective it actually is. And so that's what I've been doing. <clears throat> so that led to this like love affair that clearly I have with Africa and how much I love it there and all the reasons you guys have been with me and you know probably feel the same way to some degree, um, just how great it is. And so then I started hunting, and, and I love the culture there, um, the people. It's like I think it's America in the 1950s. Like South Africa is a really wonderful place for um, how do you explain it? anyway um so started hunting and started shooting things for testing and 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 i love hunting and it's like there are these aspirational hunts throughout africa so i wanted to start exploring other places in africa which we've done and um you know so you start with neighboring countries mozambique or zambia or whatever it's but cameroon so uh, most of the phs have a huge admiration for elon and there's basically four elon in africa and so the cape elon which are the biggest are in south africa and southern africa where we hunt a lot 
and then um, Livingston, I think, is what it's called, is in Mozambique, and so on Mozambique trip, we hunted there, and then I think there's Patterson or something, which is in like Tanzania and Uganda and stuff. Very white names, Livingston, yeah. Paddington, Lord Farquaad. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And well, it is interesting, and I don't actually know why they're called Lord Derby Elam, but that's like the pinnacle of hunting plains game in Africa. And they're only in like West Africa, in the Congo, and Northern Cameroon. Are they are they bigger? Are they what's the deal? So Lord Derby, it's a it's a smaller population in general area. The horns are way bigger. The bodies are a little smaller. Their legs are longer. They cover, and it's kind of more arid where they are. So they cover like twenty thirty miles a day. Where like a cape on my go a quarter of that distance um they're very difficult to hunt but it is beautiful they have like kudu i mean we probably all agree i mean you know that's kind of a subjective thing like what's the most beautiful animal and there's hardly any ugly animals in africa even the warthog is like so ugly it's cute but everything looks great but um lord derby has stripes like a kudu it's a beautiful tan color they have the biggest horns by far i mean they are giant and um, it's just one of the most beautiful animals. And then in the rut, not only does their neck swell like a lot of animals, but it's black. Ooh. And then their their mop or their broom brush, different things people call it here, another way you measure Elon, is like during the rut, that hair grows. And so the black is sort of interesting. Like a lot of it is like during the rut, they'll piss in the dirt and then they rub their necks and head on it. That's, but so I'll never forget when we uh, when I was with you in South Africa, we were, we shot that first island that we were both a part of. Oh, and it's a tough hunt too. <laughs> it was so funny because Rad was like, Rad was like rubbing his hair and he's like, smell, and he's like, it smells like piss. Isn't it awesome? And you're like, I can fucking, I ain't smelling that, man. I don't want to smell that. Also, no, not that awesome. <laughs> I can piss on myself too, and it's not tight. <laughs> Let me, let me smell your beard. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you rutting? Twenty. Let me finish this, and I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, th- that's the only place they hunt them, and it is it's um, you know, a very like aspirational hunt to people who are into hunting in Africa or plains game or whatever. And, and my sense of urgency with it was, so they're only really in the Congo and in northern Cameroon. Well. All of these places are very unstable in West Africa. And, uh, man, Cameroon is like, it's a French colony, and I'm used to, like, these, like, Dutch and British colonies and the people there. And <clears throat> they're different. The uh, French. Yeah, they're assholes. Yeah. So you're saying it's like going to Montreal, basically? Well, I haven't been. Oh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm Montreal allowed to Canada. A great place. I know. I love it. We That's went fun. there. Yeah, it's great. Did we ever tell you that we went to Montreal one time? And tell me about the strip club. We illegally worked there. Allegedly. <laughs> There's a statute of limitations. There's a, and we found out that every woman oh or man God. is fucking beautiful. From the border patrol agent yeah. oh all the way to the gas God. station clerks to the... And we went there specifically to get creme brulee because that's how we bond. We get creme brulee together. Is, is that code? No, no, no. no. It's, it's, a, like, it's a lovely dessert, actually. Yeah, it's a it, good. It's a nice agreed. dessert that we go and we find and we eat together yeah. and we have a good time. Yeah. Um, we went there with the sole purpose of doing that. We went around Montreal and we were so blindsided by all these beautiful women that we got McDonald's. There are lots of beautiful women there. We got McDonald's and left, and then by the time we got back yeah. to the country of the United States, we're like, we never got yeah. it. holy shit, creme brulee. So. Yeah. I got but, body checked at McDonald's too. That's right. We were like, I, we thought that he, somebody like fucking took his wallet. It was, awesome. it was in my hand though. Yeah. <laughs> nice try. The guy or the wallet? 
a little bit of both. <laughs> what was the illegal part? It was just uh, criminal that you guys didn't get crim brulee. No, 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 we 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 went up and allegedly might have done a job. Yeah, and uh, we'll leave it at that. Or, yeah. You guys assassins? <laughs> like, what is, what is this we, creme brulee assassins? We're not sure. really. We, no, we, we can't really talk it, about apparently. it. Yeah, yeah, we don't like to talk. We about don't it. like to talk about it. There was Jewish people. It was a whole thing. Oh, and the stiffs. Yeah, the, <laughs> the, <laughs> the morgue. Oh. Don't worry about it. All right. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So there's French. It's French colony where you were. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're assholes. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I wasn't used to because I mean you know like the cause of people and everything in South Africa like everybody is so wonderful and so they spoke French. They didn't speak like uh, yeah yeah they speak French. Do you think which that- like what a sissy language? Oh, like, it's gross. And it sounds I don't gross. care how tough you are. You start speaking French to me like. I feel like I can whip your ass. Mm. <laughs> Do you think that the reason was that, Van Damme French? Yeah, Jean Claude, Jean Claude Van Damme. Uh, he's he's got to be Dutch. Or I was gonna say yeah, Dutch oh, or something. Okay. Maybe. I was gonna but, say because, but I think he. I don't know. George Saint Pierre. He was French. Yeah. Um, do you think that people are? Because in South Africa, people are coming in all the time to hunt. So I feel like they're used to that. That they just are. It's normal for them. I feel like there are fewer people going to Cameroon to hunt, maybe. Yeah, I, I think like this was a very expensive trip and hunt, and it was a very difficult. Like It's three days of travel. So on a scale of one to ten, based on all of the hunts you've ever been on, how difficult was this hunt in particular? Yeah, because last I knew the lion hunt was like the, the lion or the leopard was one of the gnarlier ones for you. Those, those are difficult hunts for kind of other reasons. Um, this hunt was the most difficult hunt probably by three, four, five X out of any hunt I've ever done. That is crazy. If, if people knew what this hunt and what it took to get there and you had to deal with and the conditions and, and, and like the camps were nice. The food was great. They had real chefs and stuff. So that was wonderful. But conditions being the hunting conditions, like what it takes to get a Lord Derby Elon, um, no one would go even if it were free. Like, that's how hard it is. Now, you can look online. There's guys that are like 65, 70 years old, shoot Lord Derby every year, and you're like, oh, how hard can it be? They can do it. Well, they go to this one place. It's next to this park where there's lots of them, and that's cool. I don't knock any hunting, but for this kind of hunt, like, that's not the real hunt. Like, that's going there to shoot a Lord Derby, and I thought I wanted to hunt a Lord Derby, and realize now that I'm one of those old guys and I just want to go shoot one. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, even John and rad, like what tell you, John said that the first day we were there was the most difficult day of hunting he's ever had in his and life. And these guys Her hunt professionally, professional right. hunters yeah. in Africa. And like, they're not slouches by any means. Like rad moves the fastest through the wilderness I've ever seen. <laughs> and John's just like a spry young dude. Yeah. And is fit as shit and does this every day. And when he's not doing it, he, he and his wife have a farm. Like right. A, a, so a why was farm with cattle? Why was it so hard? What was, what about it was challenging? It was the winter and it was a hundred to 120 degrees. And well, winter here, day. winter here. Well, it's winter there too. It's in the Northern oh, really? hemisphere. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a, like a hundred miles. Yeah, sure. I love geology, dude. <laughs> <laughs> or geography. Any of them. I don't do math. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it was extremely hot. Um, the first day, for instance, it was like 115 degrees. 
We're in the mountains, which it's not like the mountains in the Eastern Cape. So we're probably like 3,000 feet of elevation. Elevation wasn't the problem. It was just, it was steep. And the grass is like, it's very thick there. And the grass is eight, 10 feet tall. And you're having to push your way through it. And we went um, 31 kilometers. So I don't, we can do the math, but I think that's probably like 15, 17 miles. And it was, yeah, 100. It started out. When we at nine a.m., it was almost a hundred degrees. So when we're in South Africa, we drive a lot, mm. right? Was, was there not a lot? Yeah, that's great. Was it not a lot of driving? It was just like it was mostly walking. So here's the deal, with Cameron. So you you would drive the roads to find fresh eland tracks. So our tracker was sixty six years old. He's been doing this uh, since before he was sixteen years old. But you, you got the math on that. Yeah, 20 miles, just under 20 miles. 20 miles. I had to stop in the shade and lay down twice. I thought I was going to die. And so I felt like a big sissy. And then the second time I was going to do it, John is like, comes up to me and he's like, are, are, are you going to ask to take a break anytime soon? Like John was about to die. Yeah. And, you know, the 66-year-old native dude that's from there is like, can go 100 miles in a day, no problem. But he tracked those and, and come to find out, like, two guys had been there before 16 days and never seen an eland. So I shot my Lord Derby on the fourth day, which was, for this type of hunting where we were, was very fast. And, and so then after the hunt, and I felt like this huge sissy, they're like, you know, like, I actually did really well. Because they're like, most people can go, you know, we get on tracks, they can go five to ten miles in this heat. And... That's why you pay like twice as much to hunt at this one place next to the park where you can shoot one basically any day you want. So what was the what was the actual like hunt like when you like that final day when you were like uh, stalking that animal? We'll, we'll, we'll get this. Let me tell you. So you drive around, you find tracks across the road, and then the tracker will look at them, see if there's if it's a herd or there's a bull. He can tell by the tracks. And so for four, he got on these tracks, and we went whatever you said miles that first day, fifteen miles. miles or twenty miles, whatever. And so. We did that for four days, and we caught up to them in four days. They move a lot there, unlike like four times as much as KP on stuff. So they can move 20 miles in a, in a night. And so then we had a full moon, so they were – it was it's just a, a big mess. But we stayed on them. We finally got on them, and the bull on the fourth day – and so I'm getting more acclimated to the heat and everything by then. So it still sucks, but it wasn't. The first two days, I thought I was going to have a heart attack and die. The fourth day, we get on them, and it's about 100 yards through thick, like, forest, basically. And finally, the sun's hitting, and I can see in this one spot, the pH. You know, it's me and Rad, and John's filming, and we have a pH from there. And he's, like, gets kind of set up and tells me where to look. And I'm with my binos and I can see a cow, uh, an eland cow looking at us. First time I'd seen one in four days. So this guy tracked him like 50 miles through grass and everything for four days and found him. Yeah, that's nuts. Like insane. Like the best tracking I've ever seen in my life. It is unbelievable. If I weren't there, I wouldn't believe it. One time when I laid down, the second time that first day to take like a quick nap and rest, I said to Red, Red, sat down next to me and I was like, there's no fucking way this guy is tracking that Elon heard. Yeah. And he says, 100% he is. I see everything like he's seeing, like he's showing me. And so I can tell we've stayed on it. It's like, I, you know, Brad wasn't saying he could do this, right. like how incredible this guy was, but he says we are 100% on that herd. You know, when you're talking about a herd of like six or 80, when it's not like a herd right, of like a yeah. hundred where you and I could track. Anyway, so we get there, see the cow, 
I'm like, huh. And so the pH is crawling around, you know, kind of paralleling and looking through the brush to find the bull. Finds the bull, you know, we take about 10 minutes to move over super slowly, like 20 feet, get set up, and he tells me where to look, and there's a little gap. And the sun's not on the bull. He's in, he's in the shadows. And he's profiled, and I can see his black silhouette, and I can only see him from the neck up. Mm. And How so, far away were you? A little over 100 yards. And so the footage is going to suck. There, there'll be some footage because we got footage of them, like the herd running and shit like that. Yeah, me, me and James were supposed to go on that. And then when you, when you got back, you said that you're actually happy that we didn't. Yeah, you guys refused to go. You were scared. We were. No, that's false. No, that we, is one hundred percent true. I think even your mom said you couldn't go. No, no, no. This I we was already were, there. We were told we couldn't go. Yeah, Christine told oh, us we weren't work, allowed to go. Work mom. Yeah, my yeah. mom said she would sign a waiver and everything. Christine. Yeah, to, I was already there. I was looking for you guys. So it was like <laughs> I lost. <laughs> yeah, you needed a track. Yeah. Because so you had John running camera, mm-hmm. and it probably would have been really hard for us to get. It, this you you would have been so frustrated. Like. Yeah. Was that Andrew's camera, by the way? It looked like it was from the yeah. 80s. Yeah, and it's a new one they bought. One v- they wanted. VHS John was like, it's stupid that they bought this. <laughs> yeah, but you would have been so frustrated because it was impossible to get like any of the actual kill shots. Like out of, I don't know how many animals I shot, probably eight in the end. There might be one good shot you can see on the animal. because. So we're looking through the binos. It's dark. I can see. I can see that's the bull. I can see his neck. I can see the giant fucking horns. And there's a little bush. And so Rad and the PH and I are looking, just trying to get any light to where we can see where that bush is that's covering them and how thick it is and if I can put a bullet through it. And so we decided that I could. And this is, you know, this is risky. I mean, this is, we just spent four days. It might take us two more weeks to find another one, you know, and that's a very expensive animal. What are you shooting with? And if I shoot him, and he runs, and we don't find him. I got I'm paying. So yeah, so, so yeah. So Cameroon would not allow me to take the fix because they thought I was going to try to assassinate Fuckers. the president because it looks like a <laughs> which military is why gun. I was there. Yeah, was, <laughs> so um, so then I I got. Uh, it's funny because I have like three three seventy five rifles, including a new one that I just purchased, and they all failed when I went to test them at our range to start shooting. And so I was like, fucking shit, which this leads me to pressing the gas on the proper fix. So we have an African gun fix anyway. And so then I'm thinking about it. So, so, you know, our good buddy, Nick Schaefer in engineering, who's the lead designer on the fix, he worked out of college. His first eight years, he worked at Browning who owns Winchester. And he was able as an employee to buy a blim receiver for um, a safari model 70 and so he made the barrel and built his own 375 and he got a a junk stock that they were throwing out because of cosmetic blims and built this whole gun himself it's like the first gun and he built it with a dream of taking it to africa to shoot stuff which he took it uh last year when we went on a hunt and he shot a zebra and whatever else warthog Warthog. he put it down yeah it was hilarious 375's legit so uh, people that don't know like the 375 h and h it's like the smallest cartridge in, in a lot of the African countries that you can shoot dangerous game with. And it, it's a great cartridge, and it's what the 300 Win Mag comes from. So basically, they neck it down, shorten it a little, I think, neck it down. I'm not even shorten it a little, but I think they do. Um, neck it down, put a 30 caliber bullet in it, and that's 300 Win Mag. You ever been neck down, Jay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A couple times. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, 
uh, decide I can shoot it, and I tell you, it is probably the most precise shot I'd ever made because, not because I'm a brilliant marksman, but because I was so afraid to have to track another eagle. <laughs> or, and um, so I shot through the bush that was just in front of him, and I do everything right. Like I'm very focused on this shot. I squeeze shot we hear the impact elon disappears we start sprinting towards it and uh we get there and he's lying dead like i was super lucky one shot he's dead he's kicking a little but i mean he hadn't moved and so i put another one in him and and that's that and i tell you i never had more relief oh yeah (laughs) that's expensive um yeah it was expensive but yeah i mean it was it was hard. And then, you know, it was a similar situation. I wanted a Savannah Buffalo, which are kind of only in that area in West Africa as well, because it's a Western Savannah Buffalo. So it looks a little different than a Cape Buffalo. The horns are different. They're a little smaller. Um, are they aggressive? Yeah. 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 So it's a similar situation to a Cape. Mm. Probably not quite the same, but yeah, they kill people every year. Um, Jeez. And so th- that might be the only good footage that we have because we track them similar things several days, track them, but it's a bigger herd. It's a little easier to track. Their, their prints are bigger. They disturb the environment more. It was about 50 together, but there's only a couple mature bulls. And they, we chase them through a couple miles of tall grass and they get out in kind of an open area. And it's kind of a standoff, like my last Mozambique hunt where it shot some buffalo to so come out of the tall grass and they just all line up like we're gonna have a gang fight and um and so i like i like this one up and the herd starts running and they didn't know where the shot came from it's the farthest i've ever shot a buffalo it was probably 100 yards 120 yards and like i like to do it closer but it's impossible there like you could get lucky somehow but oh my bad sorry make sure probably christine Oh, imagine I have, that. I have, yeah. an, I have an alarm set. It's 10.30. You got 15 minutes left. All right. Uh, it's Christine saying, tell Jay to not talk about killing the president of Cameroon. Um, <laughs> uh, Which I did. She, she emailed you the meeting code. She said, oh, sorry, she word. wasn't a meeting. Uh, okay. so anyway, Inshallah. So, um, so I shoot this. But the, the great thing about this footage, the lighting is good. It's like in the afternoon and the light is like coming through the herd and you can see and they're kind of in the open more open than any other place i'd seen there but the herd runs and turns and runs towards so 50 and so get this so nick's gun um the spring in the magazine wasn't exactly perfect and like in test firing the gun i'd seen this happen but not very much and then nothing had happened on any of the other animals i'd shot and I go to chamber the next round, you know, shoot, go to chamber the next round. They're running towards us. I see him limping. Shoot, click. Click. And I, we have a herd of buffalo running at us. And uh, so, oh. so, so, yeah, so we do some emergency drill procedure there. And, uh, <laughs> and then I shoot him again, and that's it. And the herd turns and goes that way. But Jeez. anyway, the foot is probably going to be the best footage. I, I'm anxious yeah. to see what you guys do with it. Yeah. Um, well, one of the things you talked about the like the relief you felt with the the eland, it made me think like being a PH must be, I mean, in and of itself, it's a hard thing. But like the times that we've been to Africa, luckily the guys that we're with, everyone at Q, is a really good shot. Like they, w- when it matters, they get it done. Yeah, remember that time I 
fucking smoked that bad boy. <laughs> yes, in the head. Um, yeah, and, and the ladies just went to Africa, and they actually shot really well, dude. Yeah, and so everyone does really well, and like the times that we film, I remember, especially with Kudu, because Kudu are kind of, it's tough to find a Kudu and get a good shot on it, whatever, and I can remember sitting there, seeing a good shot happen, seeing it go down, and be like, okay, thank, like, I'm glad they got that, but we've heard stories where it's like, there was someone on, on one of the trips that four days in a row, they got put on a kudu and that it, whether it was them or the gun or whatever, they just couldn't make it happen. It was and the I gun for sure. It yeah. definitely was the and, gun and, and the was, scope. And it was not one of our guys. No, it was a friend of ours. And it's like, you can see, I mean, I could see on Seppi's face when he would come back from lunch and he's like, and he just, he's not disappointed in the shooter, but he's just like, we put in this work, like it couldn't make it happen. I can't imagine having to go through that because i'm sure people that go there they just have a ton of money they don't kill a lot of stuff and they just go out and miss everything and i'm sure it's a nightmare i I think it it happens some but yeah how ridiculous is it that you're going to go through all that effort travel the world spend all this money and you don't do the easiest thing which is practice shooting yeah but then some people who can really shoot just for whatever reason always get buck fever and it's not that i don't or never have but like you fuck some shots up and you fuck some hard hunts up and it's made me like really refocus. Cause even when the Buffalo were charging us after when I shot this one, I was much more nervous about the Elon and losing the Elon than I was about the Buffalo. I was just like, it's going to work out. I would have climbed a tree. Yeah. you Dude, don't we, like we went on an Elon hunt and it, I was stoked <laughs> the whole time. Douchebag shooting from here. <laughs> we've never told that story to no, anybody. Have we, we not? We also never put the video out. Well, we uh, should put out that my <laughs> footage and audio. James, roll the clip. <laughs> fucking guns, dude. He's, he's fucking broadside. I'm back here. I'm getting nothing from you. I can't hear you. You're going to have to use hand signals. Coming. God damn it. We, oh, so last was... last time we went, um, it was you, me, uh, Jay, and Rad. And Rad, yeah. And we were uh, we were after Eland. I I really wanted an Eland with the subsonic eight six for footage. That was like we went out that day looking for that thing specifically. There mm-hmm. was a couple things that popped up here and there, um, but we finally found like this like big herd. I don't know. It was like what twenty something. Yeah, it was a few. Yeah. Um, and we finally found this big herd, but we're also losing light, and our cameras don't really work that well after a certain um, after a certain time. So we were kind of racing the clock, and uh, we were also like going straight up a mountain, following this herd for a couple of hours. Well, wait before I just want to interject real quick. When we were in the truck and we first spotted the herd, Rad couldn't. He swore there were no bulls in there. And we saw one that oh, we yeah, thought I was a bull. I was arguing with him. I was yeah, like, "That's a bull." Well, at first we saw we thought. One was a bull or whatever, and Rad's like, no, it's a female, it's a female, whatever. And it turned, and Kevin was like, do females have dicks? <laughs> and Rad was like, no. And so we looked, and he's like, and we realized it was a bull. So That's then, right. we, then you, we took off. You were on. arguing with him, because he was yeah, in a yeah. funk for some reason. He well, was like that day for- That Elon too, it had, it was tall, but it had narrow Yeah, it had horns, horn, horns like a, a cow. We can put the picture up now, but it's, yeah, the, the longest horns I've ever seen on a cape, yeah. Elon, but it wasn't- incredibly old but um and, and it wasn't a huge body just genetically it's right. horns not 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 thick but just super long which is yeah. kind of what cow horns look right like. yeah but yeah you can, and, i didn't uh, mean to interject we yeah. uh 
we were going straight up this mountain and oh, me God, and, they can climb mountains so easily. Yo, and it's and we're just chasing them, right? But also it's important to know that we were shooting the subsonic eight six for like kind of the first time really. On and, that big of an animal. And for we sure. and Kevin didn't have dope on like past like two fifty or something. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Jay's just like, shoot it at 800. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're chasing him up there. And uh, me and Jay are working in tandem, obviously, because like he's got the long lens. And he's, right. to his credit, he's got like the big lens with yeah. the tripod and everything. And, and I do have to offset a little bit because we, the shot you ended up taking was pretty close. I do have to offset a little bit. So generally, I'm a little behind you guys. For that shot, or I'm right, whatever. So but, Jay got, go so Jay got a lot of behind. <laughs> yeah, I got up. a lot of behind. <laughs> Jay got a lot of behind going up this mountain, and we have like comms. You know the comms, right? We have like comms so we could talk to you. And, and, and let's let's again express this was a long hot day. This yeah, was earlier late yeah. in the day. We've been hunting all yeah. day. Like everyone's fucking exhausted. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. also like. Every time I would stop, I would set up and I'm on it. Cause I, you guys would stop because you, it's, you got the gun slung so you can just snap up or whatever. And I'm thinking from my angle, you're killing this thing 17 times. <laughs> like on my, I'm like, why is he not shooting? And we song? keep moving closer. Right. Rad keeps saying, nope, nope, nope. We have to keep moving closer. And Jay's far behind and our comms go down. We can't talk to each other. So we're frustrated already that we can't talk to each other. And you guys are like the Backstreet Boys. Dude, so you bad. guys were so on the way this trip. Man, we're going to get the best footage. We got set up. We got everything. We got comps. We got, look at this. You guys we look got like the, idiots. We got the footage. Hey, roll the clip. <laughs> um, but uh, so I can't talk to JJ. Can't talk to me. But his camera's rolling because he's he's trying to like, if it goes down, he needs to like make it happen fast. So he keeps the camera rolling. And he's, uh, if you listen to the the audio of his camera the whole time he's like fucking shoot it <laughs> <laughs> fucking cunts fucking cunts and he's like hustling up this thing and we're every time me rad and kevin look back he's like he's like 500 yards away and then one time we're, we're having like, to wait for him like we get close to the we're climbing a mountain late in the day we get close enough to shoot and jay's not there well dude <laughs> after this part no what pissed me so i'm already pissed about the comms because i can hear him trying to talk to him i can hear him hot micing but we can't go back and forth so well he could hear me because i'm going i can't fucking hear you and i can hear him hot micing i'm like whatever the fuck you're saying i can't hear it yeah and so i'm already pissed it was a horrible hunt and then i'm sitting there going are you shitting me like you didn't shoot it so like so i'm and then you guys go up even higher and i'm like fuck so i gotta go up there and dude i'm about to piss my pants he's going up this thing so i'm like hoofing it up this thing and i I get to a point where i'm like you guys are standing up there obviously waiting because you're trying to shoot an animal you're I'm like, I'm going to piss my pants. So I'm like, fuck it. I stop and turn around. I start pissing off the side of a mountain. I look behind me and you're all standing there looking at me. And I'm like, oh, I know. I know they're thinking I'm just trying to take a break. I'm like, I'm pissed. So I'm on the mic. I'm fucking pissing. (laughs) We were going to take the shot. Yeah. And we like look back to see if you're ready because we can't talk to him at all. Yeah. And he's just pissing in the wind yelling at us. Yeah. I'm taking a fucking piss. I was literally going to piss my pants. I'm, I'm about to have a heart attack and I'm like. Thomas, I'm twice his age. What the fuck, man? I was pissed. <laughs> and there's nothing I can do about it. But no. But we uh, we ended up getting the shot. We like got the, the shot. Yeah, I skirted around the side of the mountain. I saw you. Yeah, and it was like right when the sun was going down too. And yeah. like the Elon's like silhouetted and everything. Um, 
but we got the shot. Um, but the like the worst part of it all was when we were on top of this mountain. Rad looks now, at yeah, us. Now and it's he, dark. He says, "Oh, it's dark now, and we're in Buffalo Country. So we, stick yeah. together." He's like, "Everyone stand together. There's Buffalo here. Like, oh, oh, tight. Great, I don't dude. have to piss anymore, though." Yeah. Yeah, that was no good. <laughs> the adventures of hunting, man. Yeah, it's fun. Right. This is part of why I love it. Yeah, so yeah. sorry I called you guys those names, but... <laughs> dude, <laughs> hey, roll the clip again. <laughs> Fucking guns, dude. Fucking goddamn. I was just thinking about it. Uh, you know, did I tell you about my case with Department of Homeland Security? Oh, wow. My uh, domestic since terrorism I'm speaking case? to legal counsel right now, let me go ahead and pause that and... Uh, yeah. No, so, no, I want I want to hear it. just domestic terrorism though. You're not yeah, you're yeah. not worldwide like no, pitbull. I'm working my way up. Um when will this be out? Like a month, a couple Who knows? Of, we never know. I'll probably be a free man by then. Um <laughs> but so I went I was shooting a job for a company and I was at this range and they were doing like force on force stuff, whatever. Um using smoke grenades, this, that, whatever. So I did this job, not a big deal. We're on a, a range, so at the end of the job, I was helping clean up, and I was throwing just like tra- like ammo boxes, like all sorts of stuff in my bag. I had a backpack when they threw it in my bag, and then would go to the dumpster and dump it all out. So I cleaned up the range, helped them out. Seems like a great idea if you go on an airplane with that bag. Well, I wasn't thinking about that. I just was like, oh, it's not a big deal. Uh, two days room. later, I took a flight to Texas and go to Boston Logan Airport, um, They're very understanding about these things. Super, yeah, yeah. I, th- I yeah, the you know nine eleven had nothing to do with Boston. Mm. Um, so it's five thirty in the morning. I go through <laughs> and, I and look at you. Yeah, I, I mean, you look a little bit well, like so, a terrorist. Yeah. So the night before, I go through because I remembered. Oh, hey, I had that stuff in my bag. I dumped it out. I should probably take a, a double look. You know, look again. Good call. So I look through all my stuff. I'm I'm good. So I throw in my underwears and all my stuffs. I've got my backpack with clothes my camera bag go through the airports 5 30 i'm standing there i see my bag my clothes bag gets pushed so i'm like okay normally my camera bag will get hemmed up for a reason batteries or it looks like bombs or whatever i don't know so i see it's my clothes I'm like, this is weird so my laptop had come out so i'm holding my laptop and the dude goes whose bag is this that's me i said all right when your other stuff comes down meet me at the end okay so i'm waiting for my other stuff but that was innocent enough right so I'm just like, oh, it's probably what maybe I have batteries or something in there. So I see the conveyor belt stops, and the dude picks up my bag and walks back. And I'm looking at him. He's like side eyeing me. We're making eye contact. I'm like, what is this dude doing? And you see There's, SWAT moving in. You're like, might, no, no, no. It's issue. just super normal. I'm just like, and I've got plenty of time. But the people around me, I'm, they're like, oh, is that like, oh, is that your bag or whatever? I'm like, yeah, I don't know what what's going on. All the stuff stops, and then I start seeing like more TSA people show up. And I'm like, dude, whatever. And they're looking at me. I'm like, whatever's in the bag, let's just open it up and talk about it. Like, you said I was going to be down here. Let's just do it. Uh, like, there's nothing in there. Like, you don't like the color of my underwear. Not a big deal. So, it was Battle Briefs, Tactical Distributors, Impossible 15, gets you 15% off. Um, So, the dude's like looking whatever. And I'm at the end. And all of a sudden, the screen pops. Like, the screen at the end, it shows up with the scan. And I look. And it was, it was kind of like an out of body experience. I see my bag, I see my underwear, my socks, my Crocs are in there. And oh, that's embarrassing. They should have arrested. I know. And right next to him, not hidden at all, is a grenade. <laughs> and I'm going, 
Oh, that's not good. And I knew exactly what it was. I say I'm a grenade. I'm so disappointed they didn't tackle you before. Yeah, I know. And I say a grenade. It was a smoke grenade. It was an expended smoke grenade. It was one that I'd picked up to throw away. And it was just like when I was stuffing pockets, it was in a pocket. It didn't fall out when I went in the thing. So I see it and I go, I'm going to jail. And it's 530 in the morning. And I'm thinking about all my other stuff is still in the thing. So I don't even have my phone. If I had my phone, I would have taken a photo and so I could show it to you. None of my friends are awake to come. Right. Because I was going to be like, I need to text who the job I'm going to and tell them, hey, I'm going to jail. I'm not going to be able to make the job. Sorry. Um, refund your ticket. But so they're all looking at me, whatever. And dude comes over. He's like, all right, man, what do you have in your bag? And I was like, dude, it's, a, I told him, I explained, it's an expended smoke grenade. There's, it's empty. It's not going to harm anyone. Not a big deal. Here's why I have it. Blah, blah, blah. He's like, all right, all right. And they're kind of muddling around. In the time that we're talking, I realized they shut down the entire gate's worth of security. So everyone that's just trying to get on their plane are being rerouted to another gate to go through security. <laughs> and I'm standing there Thanks, looking Jay. the way I do. Yeah. Looking the way I do. barefoot holding my laptop (laughs) looking around like man that's such a big deal and so they're like well we gotta get tsa explosive expert and i'm like whatever that is um so they don't have any of those no this dude shows up with like a air tank on his back (laughs) and a little backpack and a shirt or something like that granted when i was in the military i built bombs i worked with explosives You should have told him that. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> that was the yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. No, so no, no. I, I didn't. Help yourself but out there. I didn't, but. Yo, I used to build bombs. Yeah. Well, so this dude shows up and he's looking at this thing and he's zooming all in on it or whatever. And it's clear as day. Like, there's, I was, it's clearly not trying to be hidden. But when you zoom in on it, you can see there's no spoon, there's no pin, there's no fuse. And the way that these smokes work is like, there's a big hole in the bottom that the smoke comes out of and little holes at the top. So you can see those holes. And the dude zooming in on it has zero idea what he's looking at. And I'm like, hey, man, not trying to tell you how to do your job, but you can see it's expended. There's nothing. There. He's like, well, I can't tell that. I'm like, well, nope, you can you can see through it. Now, is it a security thing that he can't just go into the bag and touch it or it'll Well, go so that's what I thought. I was like, well, if you pop the thing open, you'll just see. He's like, no, 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 I can't touch it. I was like, why not? He's like, because could- the terrorist is telling him to open the bag. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm Dude, like, no, no, please. You open got, it, bro. You got an trap. air tank on. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's got no mask Probably or anything. Yeah. He's got no mask. Yeah. That's how he got there. Yeah. So he goes, <laughs> tell he was going to, he's like, we need state police. I'm like, all right, dude. No, you're you, the you bomb need federal. guy. Yeah. Well, he says state police first. <laughs> he's bomb enough to know he needs to call someone yeah, else. Like, dude, mass state police shows up. Great I got to say, I got to say, your boots are goofy, but you probably already know that. <laughs> they wear those like horse riding boots. Yeah. Whoo, it's goofy. <laughs> oh, man, it's good when you got to <laughs> kick the shit out of somebody. That's true. But so they show up. They bring a dog in. Dog, <laughs> hey, we know it's in there. The dog doesn't even hit on the bag. So they bring in their bomb squad. So I have to wait for EOD. This dude shows up. He's cool. I mean, these guys are being cool to me. There about 17 people took my information and pictures of my ID. So I'm sure somebody is me out there, whatever. I'm for sure on a list. Um, EOD shows up and he's like, why do you have this? He's very stern. Why do you have this? And I explained. And he goes, oh, oh that's not a big deal. It's expended. I said, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. We get these with Airsoft kids all the time. Like, it's not a big deal. I'm like, yeah, I'm one of those or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Anything to get me through, like whatever. Should have just said it was airsoft. Yeah, I know. Well, it said it wasn't a civilian legal one or whatever, but who cares? Um, but the, the kicker, guys. mass state police, yeah, and yeah. TSA, maybe. Yeah, everybody. But the, but the kicker is that 
it, all, all this stuff happens. They take it out. Some dude hero has it on his desk for sure. Probably saying like, oh, I stopped the second 9-11 or whatever. <laughs> and they let me go. They're like, all right, you're good to go. I'm like, that's it. You, like, cause I'm thinking I'm either going to get arrested or fined. And they're like, no, you're good to go. Not a big deal. I go on my merry way. Thank everyone. Love you guys. Um, did you make your flight? I did make my flight. It's incredible. Yeah, I, incredible. I did make my flight. And then recently. Nobody else did, but Jay did. Yeah, no one else. <laughs> sorry. Uh, recently, I got in the mail a lovely fine from the Department of Homeland Security, Terminal Security, whatever they're called, TSA. So How much? It's only 700 bucks. And you only have to pay half. It's 700, but you only have to pay half. And they're like, because it's civil. So I'm thinking this is extortion. You told me I'm good to go. And now on a civil level, you send me a fine for $700 and you go, you only have to pay half of it and we'll say you're good to go. Sounds like extortion to me. But I'm surely going to pay I don't it. understand the send you a bill for 700 but slide me half. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> but guess what? I'm going to pay it because yeah. I got to go. Yeah, pay that. I got to go. Sure. But I was worried because... Do you lose pre-check now? I'm not sure. I never had it. Like the pre-check thing. Yeah, but, we can all be fucking yeah, Kevin Brady. I'm not rich. But I will say, I flew like a couple... It's a rich guy thing, but I, I lose it when I get arrested. I flew, I flew a couple <laughs> a couple months later, or maybe a month, and I flew with guns, and they were chilling. So I, I'm on a list for sure, but I'm not on that list, I guess. Their list is probably too big now. I know. but So well, it was cool. I was a domestic I terrorist I, for a day. I, it was tight. This is... The, that's self-labeled domestic terrorist? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I, I am. I am. I don't know about you, Thomas, but I am both relieved and saddened that he didn't get arrested or strip searched. Dude, I was thinking this whole time, like when he was telling me the first time, I thought he was like, "Yeah," and then they stuck their hand in my butthole. Dude, honestly, <laughs> I've had more. I had more issues when I would fly I know, in uniform. You were gonna say you had more hands in your butt. No. Yeah. Well, no. When I was flying, seventeen guys. <laughs> that was always the biggest thing when I would fly. When I was in the military, and people would be like, "What? What do you do?" And you're on the plane, you want to be like, well, I build bombs. But for so planes. Like, yeah, so I was like, I build, you know, for planes. I build bombs. And they're like, you what? I'm like, I build bombs. I'm like, bombs? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I've said it before, and I think. Cool. Are you going to say this is where the terrorists won? Because I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, I think. And I was thinking that. I was TSA thinking of you is, the whole is time. where they won. Because I go, you know, I fly every week. And, yeah, I mean, it sucks. They really changed our lives, and they created another huge branch of regulatory in our government that has no personal accountability yep. when they fuck up, and it makes everyone's life worse. And I will say, too, and that— I don't—have they ever saved? I mean, if they have saved— like, They do have a, a bomb-ass <laughs> IG. <laughs> Their IG is tight. It's good. I haven't you, seen you it. Following on IG, no. they're fucking hilarious. Do they just clap back at people? Oh, I th like. They that. are really great. So you know, it's not them doing it because no. there's no way the government would. Well, be that's cool the thing. Is give you any peace of mind? Like you, it, I fuck feel, no. What kind of sheep bro, are you? Blow me up, bro. It's not hey, about me being. What sheep. do you after nine eleven? Forget forget men and being macho because I ain't trying to sound macho or anything. After nine eleven, a motherfucker gets up and starts yelling at people with a box cutter. Yeah. How many housewives? Yeah. How many moms, yeah, moms are going to let that shit slide? Men can just stay in your seats because yeah. I, I've seen these mama bears at the airport with somebody gets smokes around their kid outside or whatever. Mm -hmm. Imagine a motherfucker trying that now. And yeah. you're already Ooh. pissed off on the plane. Ooh. Yeah, you get stomped yeah. out. Yeah, so it's like, what's the reason now? It's it's like now what, what that did was told America, it's like, hey, we're we going to have to self-police on these flights. Like, what are... 
Yeah, okay. So everybody, <laughs> what the fuck noise was that? Dude, I don't know. I'm back. <laughs> but like, stay cool. Don't try to kick in the door to the cockpit and, and don't yeah. set your shoes on fire and don't stand up with a box cutter. Uh, right. Johannesburg has the right idea with security. What, how long does security take in Joburg to go on that domestic flight to, uh, to Port Elizabeth? Port Elizabeth. Dude, they had me take my hat off. The guys, I walked through the metal detector that's not on, and he goes, <laughs> take your hat off. As soon as I grab it and take it off, he looks at it. Yeah. yeah, you're good. Look the other, I'm like, all right. Yeah, you yeah. just like walk through, no shoes off. Yeah, nothing. I simple. think the problem with like mass media and the, e- like we talked about it when we were having lunch about people y'all's age like dating apps and how it's like fucking up the way you relate to people and you date. And like, I don't know. I can't imagine. Well, I don't know. I've seen James approach girls a couple of times, so I see how this goes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but thinking in the terms of just the massive overcorrection every time something happens now, like Harvey Weinstein was a good example. Harvey Weinstein, undoubtedly a fucking dirtbag, probably yeah. did many horrible things, but you know, we overcorrect the whole Me Too movement, which I have daughters, so I care about how women are treated and want them to be treated well. And but if you offer to give a BJ for a part in a movie, like you a hoe, like you. <laughs> you so then we overcorrect, and now like nobody. Can, all these things happen. It's like now you're more scared to hire women if you own a company. Like all these things, we overcorrect. So now we have to have TSA, which is this overreaching pain in the ass. But the problem with regulatory, whether it's ATF or name it, EPA, TSA, is there at some level, if you can ruin other people's lives, you have to have personal accountability right. for your decisions, even in a, in a professional setting. Like in the private world, like I do, like I own a company and, you know, if I fuck up, I can get sued by my employees. Right. I can get sued by, like, I have personal accountability. Like I, I don't have like this shield of government regulatory to where I can fuck your life up and I have no personal accountability. Like Remington got sued for up. a shooting they had no involvement in. Yeah, right. and, and and what do insurance companies do? They settle, so it's a big deal with attorneys. And so it's like this whole racket where you're screwed yeah. and then you have to have insurance to be able to, to sell guns to distributors, but then your insurance company can sell these bullshit things rather than fight them. And then your insurance... Uh, <sighs> Hell in a handbasket, man. I got no real beef with TSA. I want to be able to fly. But I will say that, like, during this whole thing, I was just observing how the all these TSA agents come over to see what's going on naturally. But they're saying shit like this one lady was, like, the head of, like, the she's head, probably the, That the reminded head. me of my last TSA story I told on the Silencer Shop podcast. She was something. She was, like, whatever. But she's, like, trying to tell the whatever their explosives expert guy, whatever that is. She's like, Oh, I don't see I don't see any wires or anything hanging out. And he, even he was like, well, it's a smoke grenade. So like, why would there be wired? Like they did. They have no idea what they're talking about. They just want a job. I feel like a prerequisite is to be an asshole. I have encountered a couple of TSA agents who were super pleasant and oh, that I've makes it a lot so cool. Ones. But you know, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's look, everybody needs a job and I appreciate everybody's ability to, earn a living and whatever, but it's, Ooh, yeah. Some of it is not good. Did you hear? You probably don't listen to the podcast that, since you're not I'm in the, it. no, I'm in the middle of the silencer shop one. Oh, did you hear my TSA story? Not now? yet. Oh, okay. Then. If you want to tell it, you can't. Oh no. Yeah. Or don't spoil it. I'll hear it on my way. Definitely home. don't tell the story again, like two <laughs> weeks in a row. <laughs> whatever, man. That's whatever. Anyway. Yeah. T- yeah I, I, Go I, back to the silencer shop. 
podcast and listen. It's a good it, story. It's it's pretty good, but it's just like because I'm always torn. You know, we're talking about like my own personal boundaries and how I don't like understand some things, and it's like the moral of this one is. I know enough to not say any more than I have to, to like law enforcement. <laughs> yeah. And then also I know not to lie to them. Right. And if you ask me a question and I have to answer. Anyway, it's in the podcast. All right. it's, yeah. it's very good. And the guy was so insulted. I was like, why would you ask that question? So, um, I heard a story yeah? about how, um, something about, uh, anti-poaching uh squad let's hear about it man a a post cameroon yeah so they're hooked up it's yeah saw some scars so it's funny um because that's going on in our ig right now too there there's somebody that's really defending africa and how white people have ruined it and true they have hunting is um the reason that there's no animals and colonizing and true sure sure so, but what about like those remote places where it's kind of untouched and they're all fucked up? True. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we shot a, a water buck. We're kind of close to a national park. Part of, so I hunted a couple properties when I was in Cameroon and one adjoined a national park, which, you know, that sounds like kind of strange, but I think these blocks of properties are like a million acres. So, and the park is like a couple million acres or something. And Cameroon does not do a great job because they're like dealing with terrorism and like civil unrest and all all sorts of things. So it's not as focused on anti-poaching and all this as a lot of the other countries like in Southern Africa, um, where, you know, so much of the livelihood and income and support for every village and community comes from hunting. Like that, that's what it is. And, um, but, you know, in Western Africa, there's whether it's the Congo or Nigeria or Cameroon or whatever, there's all kinds of shit going on. Anyway, we shoot a water buck, and we get it loaded up, and we're, we're kind of – from the road, we can see the river, and, uh, and it's shallow. The river's – like, you can walk across it, but you get wet right now. It's huge. Anyway, it's not deep, so the, the crocs aren't right there and stuff. Anyway, we're washing our hands up, cleaning up, getting ready to drive away, got it loaded up in the cruiser. And these three soldiers come walking across the river towards us. And you saw, uh, post the picture, they yeah, yeah. had scars and they, so, yeah. well, they had scars, but also FM yeah, scar FM rifles, scars, yeah. which was unusual because like Cameroon does yeah. not, who's hooking them the up? The government does not, yeah, $3,000 <laughs> rifle. Mm. Yeah. So, um, so they walk up and they're real friendly and stuff. And I'm like, oh, one of them's holding a fish that he got out of the river, which was fucking awesome. I don't know if it's in the picture I posted or not. I was like, you fishing and working? He's like, it's trapped between two rocks. So, you know, we'll eat it later. <laughs> okay. Cool, man. Me too. And um, so it turned out to be. You say me too. Me too. It's trapped between two rocks. <laughs> <laughs> but they were fucking awesome. But before we realized, like, everything is okay, like, nobody's pointed a gun at us or anything yet. And, uh, I look beyond the cruiser down the road and from the other direction, there's 10 guys with guns, other soldiers coming towards us. I was like, and I look at our pH and I was like, do you know these guys? He says, nope. I was like, oh, yeah. so, oh, your butt's so, about to hurt. Well, okay. <laughs> potentially sold. I was thinking I'm about to get my head cut off on the internet if yeah. mom doesn't pay a ransom. Yeah. And, um, 
turns out they were a, a mixture of several things, anti-poaching, s- military, and some special operations for yeah, know, yeah, and all this. And um, yeah, so it turns out within 15, 20 minutes of shooting something, there are 10 guys there with guns. That's cool. we're poaching. So at least three of the animals that I shot, and I posted pictures up, we can post a picture up now, had, um, when, when we're gutting them and skinning them out, had buckshot pellets yeah. in them already from poaching. And see, a lot of people don't understand talk about before, but like in Africa, the animals um, like belong to the landowner and all. It's not like government. So, but if you're in a national park, they belong to the government. But if you want a big piece of land, like in Georgia, New Hampshire, the the deer or whatever, like the government owns them. Right, yeah. They're not yours. It's not that way in Africa. And um, in some places in Africa, for poaching certain things like. I believe you are probably still shot in certain areas, oh, like yeah. not generally where we hunt, but I think that's yeah. a thing. And people be oh, like the, the, the woman attacking us right now on the IG. It's like, these aren't like, yeah, like, uh, how, how would you say this? The, the, these aren't like, um, colonizers doing it. Right. So anyway, it's, it's a whole sketchy situation. And turns out they were all cool, wanted to take selfies with yeah. us, wanted to show me their guns. Like our PH, you realize everything's good. And they're like talking to us. They realize like we're legitimately hunting and supposed to be there. And he's like, oh, he, he has a gun company. Look at his guns. And it was like showing them on social media. They like show me the scars, stuff, asking me questions <laughs> about them and like the AK and all. And they're like, can we take pictures with you guys? And we're like, yeah, cool. So anyway. Did they speak you. English? Uh, a couple of them did. A few, two or three. So when they were rolling up, they were like rolling up because they were... They heard the shot and they thought it was poaching. Yeah. And they were unaware because it's like the first day we'd gotten to that camp. And so like word hadn't gotten to them. And so they were out on patrol. Just happened to be like a few kilometers away, heard the shot and came from two directions. After So... That must be kind of spooky at first, yeah? yeah well, it was because you're out in the middle of nowhere and yeah. all of a sudden there's a bunch of dudes with guns. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, sketchy. one of the things about the poaching, too, that I, obviously it makes sense, but you don't think about it because I think over here when we hear about poaching in other countries, we just hear of this nefarious, we're going to kill all these animals and sell their tusks and this and all that. But when we were over in May, um, one of the PHs was explaining, like, there are also people that they'll just, they got to feed their family. So they'll yeah. just shoot something that's out of season or they're illegally there or whatever. And it's like, there's a struggle between you have to, there's a lack of education because you've said it before. Like they don't think of the animals the way that we do. Like sometimes they're pests. Sometimes they're just there or whatever. And there's this lack of education of, of conservation. Like they struggle between, we need to prosecute these people, but we also need to explain to these people like, Hey, I understand that you're trying to feed your family, but you can't do it this way. Yeah. Uh, Well, there's so much corruption in most. I know I post a picture of like one of the poachers guns and stuff. Yo, that thing's gnarly. Yo, when I post saw that, that I showed it to James. Yeah, post that picture up. Um, that thing's wild. How does it even? It is. Does it fire? Like, yeah, how? yeah. So th- they caught him because he shot an animal. Like the guys rolled. What's going on? Nothing. What a fucking oh. rookie, huh? They, uh, the, <laughs> well, so the guy shot an animal. Oh, is it you? Oh, and they, Jesus. Trying to tell an important story. They shot an animal. They they rolled up on him and arrest him. They said it's so corrupt there. It's like he'll pay like fifteen dollars to 
you know the the jail and they'll let him out the next day. I so think like probably got bodies they had arrested him. Oh, they had arrested this guy like several times. Um, so I think some of it, if you're a landowner there and it's like there's a nearby village and they're doing it, if they're doing it for ivory or rhino to, or something like that to where they're selling it to the Chinese, those usually aren't like the local villages that do that. Those are people that come in from other places. And so they really try to go after them. But like, if you want a big chunk of property and there's a local village, number one, I mean, we did this when we were in there in Cameroon, like several of the animals that we shot, we went, we, we were close to one of the local villages and we went there and would give them sometimes the whole animal, the whole, the whole, you know, if we, um, you know, if I was just going to do a skull mount or whatever, we'd give them the whole thing. And so they do that to prevent them from, um, uh, poaching a lot of animals, but if they do it occasionally, you know, they try to talk to them. Like a lot of times it's like, Hey, these are trophy animals. And these are why these guys come here is how we get money. And like all the people from your village that work at our hunting camp, this is how they get paid. So, you know, like don't shoot a giant kudu, shoot a cow or whatever. So a lot of guys don't care, but at the national parks, they generally have zero tolerance for that stuff. And it's like, Hey, rather than you wounding all these fucking animals and them going off and dying somewhere, let me know and let me just shoot a couple animals for you and give to yeah. you so yeah. so that doesn't happen. Well, Dave, one of, the, education. one of the PHs over there in South Africa, mm-hmm. he's he was talking to me and Jay about a lot of the anti-poaching stuff and how they're being like trained by military yeah, special forces. Yeah, a lot of them are stuff. ex-military guys. And like some poaching parties over there are no joke. Like you get into gunfights with yeah. these guys. It's, it's like, like a, actually kinetic. It's like gang violence. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they've had it like... Um, some of the PHs that I encountered this trip have had it where, you know, they hear or the track somebody, um, the staff hears a gunshot go off and they go and investigate and they get shot at by the poachers. So it, it is, it's a little bit of a hazardous thing. So those guys have to take it seriously. And, you know, and, and people can say whatever they want, but like in lots of remote Africa, like life is not valued like we consider no, it in the West. So it is, you have to be careful. Um, but also just the ignorance. I understand people loving elephants and shit like that. And it's, uh, again, back to the woman on IG right now, like eating us up about it. And it's like, well, yeah. So that's a lot of, it's like listening to CNN or just Fox. Like, yeah, that's cool. You can cite all these reports that are like far left about conservation, but I can assure you, like I have been spent so much time in Africa and in these villages, if you have, if you live in one of these villages and you plant corn, you fucking hate elephants. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. elephants yeah. are a nuisance and they don't want them. Just like we talked about with lions. Can you imagine a 500 pound cat living in your yard that, mm-hmm. that'll like eat you and your mm-hmm. children? Like mm-hmm. you would kill it. So, it, and they do. It, yeah. yeah. And, so they snare them and they kill them. They kill the elephants. But it's, it, it's like uh, on IG with the lady right now, it's like, Oh, native, you know, Africans love elephants and hate that, you know, that they come in and they're hunted and all this. And it hunting by white people is what's caused the decline of the population. It's like, so she's yeah, never been there. Huh? Yeah. So why don't you go spend some time there yeah. and see, spend half your year planning and trying to harvest this corn to feed the village. And yeah, a, a, a big family of elephants come in there one night and eat it all. Like yeah. or don't they just ruin it and then walk away? <laughs> yeah. They don't even eat it. Yeah, and then they push your hut over on yeah. the way out. Yeah. So uh, it is. It was interesting. We had a lot of interesting times. Like we had to move camps. We were in the far north in the mountains. We had to move camps. Um, not quite a weekend to the hunt because there were well they call them rebels, but it's like terrorists. They're trying to 
they try to kidnap um, some of the nomadic herders from Chad. Um, every year they come in there and do that and hold them for ransom for like $15,000. And it, it, the Cameroon trip was crazy. I mean, it was, it was a crazy trip and it was an adventure of a lifetime. And I'm so glad that I did it. So glad I got to share it with Rad and John made some new friends, had like an adventure, a, 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 a incredibly difficult hunt that had nothing to do with like sort of the dangerous stuff. Right. It was just a, a brutal, brutal hunt. And, um, would you do it again? Would you go back? Parts of me, there's no reason I ever want to go back to Cameroon. Yeah. It, it's like, did we talk? We didn't talk about it on here, do we? You know, being a French colony or did yeah, we? Yeah, we did. There? Okay. So then edit that out. But, um, but, but, bongo. but bongo. But since I've known about Africa, my favorite animal is the bongo, and it is a hunt I want to do. Like we were talking about with Lord Derby, I don't think you'll be able to do it in five years from now because of all the unrest and conservation's not happening and just, it's, you know, the government situation and, and the terrorists getting invasive in these areas, which it's just coincidental, but where these rare animals live in a small pocket of Africa, it's like, geez. So for all these reasons, you'll be able to hunt it. And Bongo are in the same place. They're just, this was the savanna is what they call it, and bongo are in the forest, so in like the thick jungle in the mountains. And Are they just like a bigger bush buck? Yeah, so we post a picture. It's the coolest animal. Aren't, so, they, like, aren't they like orange? Yeah, they're yeah. orange with stripes. So it, it's a spiral horn, so like uh, eland, bush buck, kudu, like inyala, all those animals. But it's, um, I would say... Close to the size of a kudu, maybe a little shorter, but orange with white stripes with these awesome, mm. like, big bushbook-looking yeah. horns. I think they got gorillas down in down in that place where the bongo are. Yeah, Tight. Congo and so they Yeah, got, you, like, you, they got, like, chimpanzees you, and stuff. You know, you know what they – you know, I was hearing about, because it was close to where we were, um, some of the gorilla tours. And, you know, you see them on IG. Like, I I'm, I follow some page that shows a lot of, like, you, you know, Whitey's going over there on these gorilla. Like, I can't believe people are okay with those giant silverbacks getting so close to them. I'm terrified. Mm. Like, I'm not scared. Like, I respect Buffalo, so I'm scared of them that degree. But, like, I don't get freaked out. I don't get freaked out. I do. Hunting. Yep. <laughs> but hunting, like, danger. You do. Yeah. Dangerous game does not freak me out. Like, I haven't done elephant yet and i think that'll be the scariest one for me but i, I i'll be fine but you've been around them yeah elephant. you're yeah. also the guy with a gun we don't have guns yeah oh well yeah but you you have my love and and i'm gonna <laughs> let you guys i'm not gonna let you guys down just like you guys don't let me down with the camera uh, sometimes but i won't with the gun so anyway knows but the gorillas like i'm terrified of i can't believe, but you know what they're telling me that they never show in the video they don't want to do it but when they go for several reasons, some because the gorillas, because sometimes the gorilla goes gorilla. Yeah. yeah. But but also in, in those areas, it, it's like, it's dangerous, kidnapping and shit like that, and there's terrorists. So what they don't show in all those videos is when you go on those tours, there's 15 dudes with AKs. With yeah, you. yeah. It's, it, it's like the anti-poaching. Some of it, it's generally led by some ex-special forces guys. Those trips, like part of the expense and all, is that. But you yeah. have to have security there the whole time. Well, I'm even surprised because, um, like, gorillas in their what do you call it, troop? Is that something like that? Well, baboons a troop. I don't know what gorillas. Well, gorillas they have like that like, that family pack. that the, yeah something. whatever they have, that, they have yeah. that family dynamic. Family. And like, can they, you Google that, James? It's like uh, I'm surprised that you're allowed to have 
a bunch of people with you um, to go and see them up close and stuff right. because they're very like you know like Dude, you see you another you see another like big group of uh, primate ish things right, rolling yeah. up you're gonna have a fucking yeah. attitude well about even it. like I'm scared of baboons but like they're little I'll shoot them like, yeah, whatever yeah. but if you got a hold of you but like I don't know how big a silverback gorilla is but it looks like it's like 800 pounds yeah they're fucking terrifying they're what, monsters what, what what is a it's a troop yeah yeah, a yeah, troop, yeah. See? So, so all did you know the, this could be a Mustangs, New Jersey. But uh, <laughs> did you know the animal the, experts here? Did you know the crest on their head, like that big crest on their head? It's actually um, so the larger the crest on like a gorilla's head or a primate like that, it's it signifies a crest or it's a, meaning a forehead or a kind of like you know if you look at a at like a, a gorilla they've got like that yeah they've got that like big hump crown oh, on top okay, of their head. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, the bigger that is, it's a sign of uh, jaw strength. So their jaw muscles are attached to that. And when they chew, you can actually see the top of their head moving. It's kind of crazy. So these big crowned apes, like their jaws are just insane. Mm. It's a, it's amazing because I know like a two hundred pound man can't take a ten pound monkey. So imagine right. like yeah, a no. well in the Congo too, because you were saying the the bongos in the Congo as well. In the Congo, they have the I'm probably but it's I think it's the Bondo ape. I could be making that up, but it's something around that. Um, it's is it Bondo ape? Yeah, it's a a type of chimpanzee it's basically just like a it's it's a chimpanzee but it's the select breed that kind of straight off and they're way bigger and they're way more aggressive why, why are you trying to scare me i'm scared enough of like the spiders be, and stuff in the i'd jungle. be way more afraid of that they're like chimpanzees right like just massive yeah they yeah they are yeah. chimps they're just much bigger and way more aggressive and, and they just small chimps stuff. are terrifying and will rip right. you apart Big man size. Well, I, w- I was going back next April for Bongo, <laughs> but now I'm questioning. Another it. fun fact about chimpanzees specifically: Did you know that the size of their bags is a direct correlation to? We're not talking about purses. We're talking about rather, testicles. Yes, the size of their testicles is a direct correlation. <laughs> Why did you say testicles? So weird. <laughs> I don't like that word. Um, <laughs> it's a direct correlation to the promiscuity of the female the female um, chimpanzees and their little troop. So the more like how wish the females are, the bigger the balls on an ape. You can look that up. Sounds made up. <laughs> Mustangs in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I don't. Ball bag in condo. Oh. Condo? Congo? Yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't fuck, I wouldn't fuck with apes if I... Uh, no. Yeah, no. Dude, even the little like blue bald monkeys that we saw, like, yeah, they're small and you could break them, but they're... I don't know. If they bite you trying. and shit, they're going to... Jack you up. Well, I mean, e- even like a, a smaller baboon is like you see the canines and like they're strong as shit. When we got up to that baboon after I, you know, so it would have killed all of us. Oh, yeah. dude, well, he wanted a thing. skull mount and shot it in the head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he told me to shoot. I wanted to put it out. Um, when we got up to it, it's a lot bigger than you think, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was like a. It's it, like your size. It was a full grown. It was a little bit smaller than me. It's a little smaller. Um, but. <laughs> You don't like really realize how big they are when they're so far away. When you're like right. taking like pop shots at them at like 600 yards just for fun, um, but when you get them, <laughs> when you, get, you cut that out, they're a nuisance. That's yeah. why we shoot them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
but they're actually like a lot bigger. And when we got up to it, I wouldn't touch it. I yeah. told Jay to touch no, it. And we, when he lifted it up on the hold it. I grabbed it. I grabbed it like a small child. It was, it was like, so Ugh. disturbing. <laughs> I remember we made him hold the mouth. Oh, yeah. He was put like, hey, put the picture of me up there. comfortable I've ever seen. And well, see how uncomfortable I look. I'm like not even like. Yeah, you're like next to it. And it's like bleeding all over my arm. And that's all I can think about was the fact that I'm like got monkey blood on my arm. And I'm going to. Yeah. Well, it's something we should probably say here. Like at, at the, it is interesting being in other places. Uh, like when I was in Cameroon, out they had baboons there. They are twice the size. They were some thugs, <sighs> I believe and it. they don't really shoot many there. You can, but they don't. So there's not like a huge population carrying capacity. Of the animals there, and they've been just so shot to shit by poaching. There's not a ton of animals, but there were a lot of baboons, and twice the size of any I've ever seen it's the terrifying. Eastern Cape. Yeah, and they don't, you know, they're not shot at much, so they don't really run from you. Right. And they, ooh. But, like, at uh, Crusader in the Eastern Cape, like, the Pringle family, like, most of the family, you know, raise cattle and, and sheep. Well, you know, that's why they shoot all the baboons right there around Andrew is because, you know, that his brother, like, raises the most sheep of or whatever breeds sells what, yeah. what hurt like whatever the hell he's got the most sheep and the baboons so, so when they're dropping the their babies the lambs, or what, lambs there we go it that's the yeah, it's, it's a lamb, lamb. Yeah. It's a lamb. yeah so that's like the favorite thing for baboons so they go down there and like get them all so yeah. that, that's why yeah so that's why they started shooting all Dude, the baboons they'll rip the lamb like right out of the yeah and, and tear it in half yeah they, they, start rip, they rip open its stomach and drink the yeah, milk well, out when, of the lamb's stomach when they're pregnant yeah, yeah. They, so they kill and them that's up. and that's why i was so like they're i was brutal. after a baboon yeah. because i was getting i was you know i was a warrior for the for the sheep you know, sheep warrior. I was bringing justice to, to I don't, the tribe. I don't know if I've never seen the footage. I know you said there was footage not related to baboons, but I was thinking about it recently. Stitch fighting that warthog. Dude. Hey, put that up. She's vicious. And Rad had to, like, he's not abusing his dog, but Rad had, she was latched onto that warthog and you were going to shoot it. Oh, yeah. And and Rad had to, he threw a rock, like, toward her so she would get off the warthog so you could shoot it. And he shot it in the face and snapped it. I have it in slow motion, which we should be putting it up in slow motion. Oh, did I shoot it? Yeah. Well, yeah, you shot the tusk off first. Yeah. And then you shot it right here and it just went, and then, like, in slow motion, the blood's just, like, squirting out. I don't even remember. That. I remember Stitch yeah. being on the pig, and I couldn't shoot. You, ever you seen, were like ten feet from it. You ever seen the Lion King? Oh. I think I've seen it once. Maybe you've seen the Lion King. Well, at the end, I might not Simba, main character, and his uncle Scar are fighting in slow motion, and it's fucking, it's fantastic. It. It's epic. I'll watch it. But it, this this video of Stitch and the Warthog fighting in slow motion is unreal she's insanely vicious uh, and, and for those listening i've heard before stitch is rad our ph professional hunter in africa his dog and she's a little parsons terrier which is like a kind of like a jack russell yeah jack russell or yeah yeah whatever she's just black and white she's very small yeah she is small but 
she is not afraid of anything mm-hmm. on the fucking planet. And it's mm. cool to see because, like, a lot of the time, she doesn't really get to do her job. She's cruising around. She's, like, kind of annoying from time to time. Yeah. I like her. We get along. But to see her in action and just... Yeah, it makes she you love her. It's a... It's a hog with swords on its face, and she did not care. Yeah, no. yeah, and she's a tracking dog. So generally, if you wound something or whatever, it goes in the bush. She helps you to find it. But yeah, because, you know, actually, bushbuck are the most dangerous thing mm-hmm. for dogs. Like, they kill the most because they're actually aggressive, and they have the shorter horns that are generally Super very sharp, yeah. sharp. And she is not afraid of those. Like, yeah. I saw her grab a kudu. He said he grabbed the warthog, like. She will go after any animal. Yeah. And like, you have to be careful, yeah, around, like, if you shoot a baboon and wound it, like, you have to hold her. Because, you know, like, they could just rip her in half. 100%. And she she won't care. She'll go after him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, she is no cool. fear. Yeah. That was a cool yeah, thing. Not, and she's a little afraid of your drone, though. Yeah. I don't know if she's afraid of the drone. No, she she just remember that time when she grabbed it and yeah. slammed it and it yeah. bit her and she, er, she put, hates it. Put that one up, too. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I have that footage of her jumping up. and you, oh, you see her little face in the camera and then the drone goes down. <laughs> Yeah, that was a good time. But you were like throwing rocks, or no? Uh, Rad, Rad was, was throwing rocks at her to try to get her away so you can take a shot at this thing. Yeah. Oh, I can't see. That's one one interesting thing about this. It's I'm very spoiled and very fortunate, and I'm very grateful for my life and being able to go on these hunts. And then I realized, like into it a, a few years ago, like I want to make the fix like the next greatest hunting rifle in the world. And so, how do we do that? And and that also coincides with talking about testing ammo and testing 8.6 go shoot animals but i forget so many that having them videoed is so important now and it's so easy to do like why would you not do that because we're discussing this and i remember a time when we're together and i remember rad throwing rocks at her and stuff when she was on a pig but i don't even remember shooting the pig so i can't wait to see the footage i don't even remember i don't know why we never like put that together i don't know either uh, it, Unless it, it was like vicious. No, it or was something. a. I don't know if you remember, but it was like a strange. We like saw it while we were driving. It was, and we had to jump. I didn't. I was like, "Do you want me to go?" And you're like, "No, they're too close." So you jumped the fence. Yeah. I stood at the fence, and then yeah. you ran down. But it was a weird thing. It was just like we had. We happened to see it because Rad allegedly saw the biggest warthog in his uh, he's right. ever seen. Oh, it was that same day where we sat in the yeah. woods on the side of the road for two hours. And there was because, no pigs. Yeah, because <laughs> Rad saw the biggest pig he's ever seen, and we're sitting there. He likes them. Yeah. And it's funny in those moments because Kevin doesn't really like to like sit around. He's like, he gets really ADD about sitting around when nothing's going on. I mean, you know, he's patient, but after a certain period yeah, when of time, there's yeah, I can there, be patient if we're stalking yeah. or we're on something, right. but just sitting around there, it's like with, mm. with no promise of anything. Dude, and it was just hopping from one side of the road to the yeah. other well, for like a mile. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Too. I mean, I think that's part of like, I guess I trophy hunt, but I don't trophy hunt in the sense of, I generally don't go out with specific mission or, I mean, you know, like I don't measure horns or antlers. Like I want to shoot like animals past their prime, the ones you should harvest, but like, I don't care. So for me, yeah, it, it's like, if we have a great hunt, I'll spend all day doing it, but to sit around there for maybe we, yeah, I'm, I'm just not about that life. Were you saying they still, that you're, I would assume you're going to try to shoot it if it's still there this time that there's a, if they saw a kudu with a, one of its horns takes a 90 and wraps itself around the other horn. Yeah, so I saw it too. Oh. So they showed me pictures and they talked about it. So it's one, this one's normal. Yeah. And this one comes up and goes over and wraps around awesome. that horn. And so Andrew and I, uh, somebody, one of the PHs or somebody on staff saw it on part of the ranch. 
you know, it's free range. So like, right. you don't know. And so Andrew and I go for a few days and finally on like my last day there, we spot it. And I thought I told this, maybe I didn't. So Andrew spots it. I have Bino spot it. I have to get up kind of on this ridge, get set up on this rock. And it's walking just like perpendicular to us. By the time I get set up, it's 350, 360 yards, and it's just walking. Oh, it's with another bad. bull. Yeah. So I can take that shot walking because, you know, you said it. We can all shoot. I'm a baller. Yeah. Um, no. So <laughs> I'm not afraid of that shot at that distance. And I get set up, and about the time I start squeezing the trigger, like they never knew we were there, and for whatever reason, nine-degree turn went away from us. And so I'm like, oh, it'll stop. So Andrew tries to stop it. It'll stop. So I'm at like 470. I'm like, I can still make this shot. It'll stop. And then they just like start trotting. Uh, yeah. And at 770 yards or something, it goes over the hill and disappears. Never gave me a shot. And if I had been one second faster, right. I would have shot it. And so then we go after it. We could never spent the rest of the day, could never get on Sucks. it again. Let's go get it. Well, we're going to. So that's what I'm doing in a month from now. I'll be back. No one has hunted it. No one's allowed to shoot that one. Allegedly. You got to wait for me and James. You have to. That's got to be on tape, especially now that you're talking about no. it publicly. I got Dave. Fuck. You got Dave. Safari Dave. You get, I love I mean, Dave. You guys can Dave, go. you're a good man, but you need the A-team on this one. Sorry they said that, Dave. I consider you part of the A-team. Yeah. Dave, you uh, too. You <laughs> too, Dave. Always welcome, but like. Um, yeah, you guys should totally go. Just we're going to talk go. to Christine about it, and everything's fine. We are planning to go for end of April, early May, but you have to wait. And if you don't wait, I'm going to be bummed out, dude. Ooh. Because yeah, now we have... We're going to live with disappointment. Now we have a fucking storyline. Like, story yeah. Well, there's yeah. another one. So there's another one. So in at Rad's house in Natel, in um, Umkamas, Umkamas right. there is a skew horn, but it might be an over 60-inch kudu. And it was probably too young to shoot last year, but it's it's good now. It has the biggest curls I've ever seen. We can, we can post a picture of that right now, too. I have it. Um, oh, you've seen this one with uh, I've seen pictures, yeah. they've seen it a bunch of times, so they haven't let anybody shoot it in case we wanted to hunt it. Uh, and it is a monster, well, so that's cool. Um, what else? Do you uh, know? Do you know, I've never shot a pig. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like thinking about I've shot stuff in Africa and I've never shot a pig. You, what did you shoot in Africa? You shot an Impala, yeah, and also, oh, and like 30 wildebeest and bless, bless, yeah. And that's right. Per that video, Springbok. That's what, right. What video? Oh, that's can, right. Yeah, ro- yeah, roll yeah. the video. Uh, no, we can. Oh. No, there's there's footage. There's blown out footage um, of me shooting an Impala too. Oh, there's probably a kill shot. I think yeah. Said. yeah, we got it. We'll post it up. He's been taken. He's a mature ram. So he's, he's just starting to walk out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, if you don't give it to him, he's give it to I, I got him. Nick filmed me shooting Impala. 240, 556, through the chest. 70 grain. I don't know what it was. I think uh, Sheriff of Baghdad gave us some ammo. I don't know what it was. It was a, yeah, the 70 grain barns. So yeah. that's very good stuff. It was designed for the 416 10 inch barrel guns. Mm. Um, I would have edited that together because it's pretty good. But, but it was on that hard drive? No, 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 I have it. it. No, I have it. No. Nick, uh, the ISO but, was cranked. But Nick was using the camera. So it's like just pure white. 
like the whole thing. So it's not really something that. But he recognized it because he did fix it at one point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, he yeah. did fix it at some point. Dude, I took but. the mini fix on my last hunt over there at two two three with a crushes twelve or thirteen inch barrel and that yep. seventy grain Barnes. Yep. Oh. What'd you shoot with it? Well, I don't remember everything, but the thing that does stick out in my mind, we're going past like the lands where uh, Andrew's brother has all the the sheep, and. So if you see pigs out there or baboons, you shoot them. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of the deal. There are two pigs, 367, two of them together, two shots, bam, bam, done. It's what? so sick. That's the perfect yeah. gun. Was this the sub-def one? The green one? No, green no, one? no. I, I didn't want anything to happen to that one. Get over there uh, and like <laughs> lose that thing in customs that in Africa. so sexy. Oh. No, it, it's... Um, it's my, I converted my 300 blackout. I see. And so, yeah, I had the Swaro one to eight on there. And yep. that, but I couldn't believe because the pigs are tough and they're not small. Yeah. And that 5.56 five, short barrel dropped him. But I did ask old Sheriff Baghdad. I said, uh, at what distance out of a short barrel can yeah. I expect some terminal performance? He's like, I can testify to 450. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Well, the we tried to, we tried to recover the bullet from the Impala that I shot. I shot, it was straight on. I shot it through the chest, and it pumped through the heart, um, and it did. It fragmented. We couldn't find a solid, a I, solid bullet, but uh, shouldn't fragment. But I oh, did. I apart. recovered one. I have it. I have it in my. I have it over in Africa. I recovered one of the bullets from one of the pigs. Yeah, it, we tried perfect little mushroom. They it took the great. wand out and everything. Couldn't find it. Oh, a little metal detector. Yeah, maybe it came out of the butt. I don't know. <laughs> you were pretty close though. Two forty. Like yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that? Oh, that's not that. That's a good shot. Yeah. I felt um, bad because Paul, like Paul, was he couldn't see it. I was with Paul, and he couldn't see it. But he's like telling me, he's like, "It'll step out us." And I'm sitting there, I'm like, Bro, "I see it," but I didn't want to yell. I'm like, "No, I got it, dude." Because so I was I'm on it. Can't shoot it from here. Eventually, I'm just like, "I can make this shot." So and Mitch was in. He was like the last time he said he's like two forty, two forty. Mitch was there. And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna shoot it," and crushed it. I'm disappointed Such that you didn't feeling. that you didn't uh, do your Paul impression when you were talking. Like, yeah, I have to hear him talk first. I know it's uh, I'd have to hear it first. <laughs> yeah. Dude, what's that video? He was snoring so loud. He was on the couch right behind you oh, when he shot yeah. the baboon. He yeah. didn't even wake up. Yeah, he yeah, just yeah. kept snoring. That's Dude, right. what was that video? The where, Mitch video where he shot yes. it at 400. Or, He's yeah. all four oh. <laughs> <laughs> And someone's like, yeah, it's like 400. That's very good. Yeah, we'll roll that That's the longest I've ever had anyone shoot anything in my whole life. Lock. It was not that far, dude. No, he well, he sh shot that Caracal like yeah, five seventy or something. Yeah, so that was before that. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, a different animal. This was like a blast buck or something. Oh. I think. Yeah, this and was, it was like a layup for these no, guys. It was a mountain reed buck. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's small animal. Mountain reed yeah. buck at three fifty or something yeah. like that. Oh, oh. Yeah. but like for those, it's a layup. This yeah. was yeah. before the Caracal, which was incredible. Yeah, that that is. Yeah, Mitch is no joke with that. But guy. I, th I Ooh, think Paul, because the other dudes, the other PHs have, they understand now that like the Q guys can shoot. But I think Paul just hadn't seen it, so he sees a three hundred fifty yard shot on that. He's like, "Oh my god!" And Paul, the, this Paul. little ridiculous gun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love when people become like, uh, like they at first they're like, "Nah," yeah, with the fix or whatever. And then it becomes a game to them. Yeah. They're like, "Hey, it's eight hundred. You think you can shoot it?" Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. No, yeah, dude, exactly. we're gonna go closer. It, it is. I mean, it it changes lives and it changes all their opinions. Because Rad, you know, we're so close now. He tells me like, when you first showed up with that gun, I was like, "What the stupid? Like, that's not." appropriate gun for hunting over here and all he says now is you know so he's got a you okay Bob? yeah living you're gonna throw up on the table <laughs> no it's trying to be covert yeah. so rad got a fix and it's in africa now but you know it's like a 
months and months transfer process to go to him. He is so excited. He talks to me about it every single day. He can't wait to start hunting with it. Um, what the hell was I gonna? Oh, uh, we're talking about we oh, shoot shooting. Talking about I was I was so like I was so proud of myself. We're over there, and so the PH is like talking to Rad, and he's like, normally you know these situations, we're careful about shooting, blah blah blah. And he's kind of leaving a little open ended, and and then he finally like asked Ray, he's like, well, you've hunted with Kevin a lot, what, like, what would you let him do in these scenarios? And he's, and Rad was like, if Kevin tells you that he can shoot it, just shut up and let him shoot it. Yeah. Get <laughs> and, him within yeah. a kilometer, and he'll shoot it. <laughs> and he, and I was like, oh, Rad, that's so nice. I didn't know like how I shoot compared to like the rest of your clients and stuff. He's like, well you shoot faster and better than anybody I've ever hunted with. He's like, a lot of your guys shoot really well. And he's like, you know, Mitch, no, all these things. But he's like, you shoot so fast, I'm never ready. You're also like, um, you also take risks. so proud. Right, yeah. Yeah. You take a lot of risks. Yeah, you're willing. And you're willing to do such a thing. Um, Some guys are very, like, cautious and careful. But you, like, I mean, sometimes it hasn't worked. Unhinged. Sometimes it hasn't worked out. But a lot of the time, for the most part, like, you hit these, like, crazy shots that nobody expects you to hit. It's cool. (laughs) Um, but I mean, that's honestly like, I mean, you skate too. So it's probably like, I feel like there's a similar mentality with that where it's like, you just have to know in your head you can do it and you just have the, you just commit to it and you do it and hope for the best. Yeah. I mean, it it is true. Like it's, I always, you know, what is it like fake it till you make it or fake it till yeah. you find it or whatever. It was it, the first one. Grind it, it till you find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bank shot off yeah, the leg. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. There's sometimes I'm very confident when I take the shot, but generally I think that's part of the thing I love about hunting is like it can all go wrong, and that's the exciting part. I don't know; it even sounds kind of ridiculous to say, but I, but I always I know it's possible, and I want to convince myself absolutely I can do this every time. I think I'm better at that than most people my, are. I lie to myself. Basically, is what I'm saying. My favorite thing is when you go. I can't believe I've made that shot. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fucking favorite. It's like, well, yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes like the only opportunity you have, uh, uh, the kudu video that we just posted, I love that where he flips down the hill and yeah. like chucks the little part of the bush up yeah. here. But, um, you can't really tell in that video and that's definitely not the farthest shot I've ever taken, but it wasn't close, but like, through my scope, I only had about this much, you know, a hole about that big, through the branches in the tree to put that shot. And so the, like, that's a shot, even though it's probably only a third as long as like my longest shot there, that's one that I'm most proud of. Because two, before that, I took a shot on it, on that kudu at a closer range with 8.6, and I missed. I shot just over it. It was with subsonic in a short barrel, and it was kind of a far shot. But I was fully confident on that shot with the 8.6, and I think what happened, and and. and I probably just blew it, but I, but I've shot enough with that to where I'm pretty confident. But I think what happened, it was in some bushes, and I was lobbing it in over the bush on it, so it was obscured. But I think when we ranged, we ranged a bush, and it wasn't as close to the bush, yeah. or it was closer than we thought. Like something got screwed up with the ranging, and I think they thought I went over. And I think I went under or something. Anyway, yeah, yeah. so then, so, but the point of that was, so I do that, and the herd starts running, 
and I, you know, so they're out of range for the eight six. So I throw the eight six in the truck. I grab the six five out, get set up. So I just blown a shot. Things are going fucking haywire. The herd's running. Everything's going on. We're on a mountain, and I had to like convince myself, okay, get another gun, convince myself, and then make a shot through a little gap. So that made it like for me personally, like that was a challenge. Like I was proud of because it's like every time something goes wrong like trying to stay calm and focus and do the right thing to be successful in that and yeah so that was a good one i like that that hunt a lot you were there right yeah 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 i think i'm i think i could take a kudu i think i want to yeah next time i go this my man my man comes to me and he's like you know he's so cool he's like yeah man (laughs) think i'm on you know, I'm gonna save it up. I'm gonna shoot a kudu next time I go, if you don't mind. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that's good, good. But you know, I, I, I just want to be in the moment, so I don't want to be filmed. Yeah, he doesn't want to be filmed. And I was like, oh, well. See, funny thing about that because uh, you're going on cues, darling. <laughs> <laughs> and we film shit when we go. That's yeah. how we justify this. This isn't some fucking <laughs> wusai moment for you. Like, eat a dick. If like, I pay for you it, have to why film. Does it matter? I pay for the hunt. I can't go and have my my cathartic moment. Mm-mm. No, because I'm paying for the travel and all the other things, and you get to film everything I do and make these funny videos, me fucking up stuff. <laughs> and no, it's like we're gonna document it because you're gonna have yeah this little moment with you in nature. But in like, <laughs> well, thir- say it like 30, that. Yeah, you just don't sound like, like such an like- idiot. <laughs> and. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But this is this is wisdom talking, all right? Because I, I, hey, I was a young Thundercat once. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Shout out Baker, whatever the fucking Thundercat is. Right. But um, what's wrong with wanting to have like a purely like pure moment out there on my first actual hunt, right? With a, something as majestic as a kudu. But what you're saying is, I think the opposite of what most people are saying, where it's like, because they want to, they want to have that physical memory to exp- to show people like what it, I think. So this I is, understand yeah, this is what I was going to say. This is wisdom. Number one, it's a work trip. So fuck off. Number two, <laughs> number two, in 30 years now, you got a little grandkid, you get in the Red Rider BB gun for Christmas. You're like, my man, we're going to take you to Africa. We're going to hunt. I remember my first hunt. It was a kudu. And so rather than you trying to remember, you're going to be like, my man, watch this video. Look at grandpa. That's yeah. what's up. That's See, what it's for other people. It's not for you. Right. And, and I think it's. You're going to show your mom and your dad? You're going to. You can say this, the excuse of it being a work trip and all this stuff. But I think that you just, you want it. I think you want the video of me doing it. Yeah. I, I think it's for you. And I think that's fine. But, you know, because it wouldn't be for. Whatever. But at the same time, it's like I don't know. I just like in my in my mind, I think nothing would be cooler is if it was you, me, and Rad, and actually doing it. Like because every time I've been on a hunt, I've had a camera in my hands. I've worried about the shot. I've worried about and if there's me a ca- if mountain. there's cameras near me, I'm going to be thinking about the cameras, and that's just something that's in me, right? So well, put it out of your mind. But that's the thing is like I just want to. It's like, a job. I want to have this the, ain't summer camp for Kevin's. Privileged white kids. I want to feel what it's like to like actually go out and do it like without you know having to think about did you get the shot or is you the, know how I did mine the first time. I worked really hard and I saved up money and I took myself. Hmm. So suck it. <laughs> so no, you think I'm not going to have a video of sweet little Thomas holding those beautiful kudu horns, looking at it, crying like a baby, kissing Shaking it on the, the forehead, telling it it's going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> All the adrenaline. Dump. No, we're getting the video. Mm. All right. But it's going to be epic. You're going to love it, and you're going to love 
being able to show little grandbaby Thomas the fourth. I really just would want to show. I think I'd want to show my dad, and that's kind of like that's all I really care about. I think well, my dad. Would get well, you out say of. that now. Wait till you're fifty. Yeah, that's true. I mean, whatever. I, I, that's fine. I don't get to have what I want. That's fine. That's cool. Yeah, I'm sure everyone listening that loves hunting is going to feel very sorry for you. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people there that's out there that's going to like kind of relate to that. I think they want to. Sometimes you just want a peaceful kind of like you know, you know grounding with I feel like you can do that here though do you teach yoga or something I should I fucking should man I'm fucking spiritual out here on the search for that intimate moment I know yeah. you, you, got, you got any crystals on you uh, you know who's asking <laughs> what are you the police <laughs> spiritual police <laughs> <laughs> what other kind of weird shit are you into oh, man, you don't, even don't need to know ask that question. <laughs> <laughs> oh Jay you know me too well no but I can't I can't wait I, I want you to do it and I'm sorry you don't get 100% your way but that's also known as life that's yeah, that's cool, man. Sure. This is a this is a lesson you're being taught. But I'll remember that. I'll remember it. When you're you, gonna remember it because we're gonna have it videoed. You're gonna be so you're, excited. When you're old and old and sick and I'm feeding you soup and you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna want that next I'm gonna know I've failed. Put on the hunt. <laughs> I've failed at life. <laughs> you're gonna want something really bad and be like, well you see, we can't always have what we want. <laughs> I mean no shit. You're feeding me instead of some like hottie with no top on. What yeah. are you talking about? He might have a shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean a little chest hair soup <laughs> that oh, sounds great yeah well you should have let me have that fucking <laughs> my moment <laughs> and filmless I, hunt <laughs> oh, uh, whatever uh, yeah so you my friend here I am you're going to Iraq yeah going to Iraq Baghdadi what's I'm up getting drafted <laughs> uh, no I'm going <laughs> to, to do, what to the war <laughs> Uh, no, I'm going for a couple projects. Um, going to do like a written piece on some people there that are very ancient religion that kind of got wiped, not wiped out, but pushed out when, uh, ISIS was big over in old Iraq. Um, and then I'm going to do, there's some of them still around. Yeah. So they, once ISIS kind of got wiped out in 2017 in Mosul, that there was a big fight for Mosul. ISIS basically was wiped out there's still little pockets here and there little cells but um it's the yazidi people is, is what they're called the religion is the yazidi religion and you can't join the yazidi religion you have to be born into it so they're a tiny population and they live in northern iraq iraqi kurdistan and so once isis was kind of wiped out they moved back they live up in the mountains and stuff it's a really cool oh you love the mountains love the mountains should, should be an easy hike yeah it'll be, yeah it'll be great <laughs> yeah it'll be great guns, can y'all live at the bottom <laughs> yeah it'll be great so uh, there's not a ton of, I mean, there's, you can find out information about them, but a lot of it is just other people reporting on what they heard about this. But so I'm just going to go talk to them and try to hear what life has been like since coming back. Um, they're able to, well, how'd you hear about them through like a random travel, like YouTube TSA. years ago. Yeah. The TSA <laughs> during my interrogation. Um, no, it was like a random travel. It's a, this is a, tr a trip I've wanted to do for a while and, um, just have the means to do it now. And, and then I'm doing another project while I'm there. It's still kind of top secret, but, um, that's going to be really cool. So I'm going for a couple of things. I'm not going for too long, but I have a contact out there and she's really cool. She's the, she's a, it's a female, owned she's the first female owned like guide company out in the country like in iraq um and it's her 10 year anniversary in march so 
I'm going to try to do a piece on her too and just kind of, because that's like a big deal having a female. Yeah, on no, that's cool. There. Those are the stories I, I like to hear. Yeah. Like I'm, a, I'm over this, some, some of this American shit, but yeah, like, yeah. yeah, people who, yeah, are actually suffering. Right. Yeah. And but, I don't, I don't know. And, yeah. I mean, it's been, oh, I know that uh, I'm going to try to get in there. In next to Erbil, there's a huge refugee camp from all the people that were displaced during ISIS. And it, it's not even that they were necessarily displaced, but a lot of the families, ISIS would come through take the men and basically force the men to fight with them. So the men die or whatever. And the women are left with the children and all that stuff. And they, they can't afford to live where they live, whatever. So they're in these refugee camps and there's a lot of stuff going on. And I just, you don't really hear about it. So I kind of just want to see what's going on. That's so cool. So, so it'll be, well, how will it be published? Will it be the online Yazid, or? Yeah. The Yazidi thing, I think field ethos is going to put out the Yazidi oh, that's um, awesome. article. Yeah. So yeah, their journals are cool. Yeah. So I, talked with Jason and kind of pitched the idea to him and he's like, yeah, that's really cool. Like we'll try to help you get it done and, and see what happens. So the other project is going to be through another company. It's kind of, it's not settled yet. It's not like official. It's just kind of, we're going to figure out how to distribute it or whatever, but it'll be through another company and uh, we'll see how that goes. But once it's done, I'll let everyone know that it's like, there's a lot of work to be tackled and I'm, I'm more stressed about that than like running into ISIS. Yeah, I get that. But, well, the logistics, how do you get to Iraq? So you can fly. Um, so Iraq right now is split in the north and south. So the north of Iraq, is it's, it's Iraqi Kurdistan. So it's not it's not officially its own country, but Iraq is basically like, hey, you guys beat ISIS. Like, we'll let you kind of have your own area. So you can fly into Erbil. You can also fly into Baghdad. There's two different visas you get. There's federal Iraq and then there's Kurdistan. Um and you can just get it upon arrival. So I'll fly. I think my my um, connection is probably in Turkey, which sucks. But there's a connection. So it's not a direct flight, but I'll fly into Erbil and then spend time there. And um, I'd like to get into federal Iraq as well. Check out. You going to stop? Since you're flying into Turkey, you going to go there and do anything since um, you're on the road? I don't I think spend, so. Spend some time there? I don't think so. I heard, um, it's, I heard it's great there. Well, yeah, I've heard friend, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, I've heard it's really... I mean, right now, it's probably not the most beautiful. They just yeah, had that massive yeah, earthquake, oh, but... That's true. Yeah, it's all um, And it's such a... It's such like a uh, catch-22 almost because it's like... Just like anywhere else, the people are the people, but like we've known for the last decade that the Turkish government sucks. Like they were direct sponsors to ISIS. Like when ISIS was wiping these Kurds out or trying to wipe the Kurds out... Yeah, maybe you don't want to go there now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I now, know that so. you're, now that you're saying how bad they saw. Yeah. Come at me, Turkey. No, I mean, again, it's just like how everything. You Turkey. Yeah, you Turkey. <laughs> it's just how everything goes. You know, the people are the people, but the guy, it's whatever. It's not. I'm, I've well, heard the people are great. Well, are you going to uh, do something with the beard situation before you go? Keep growing it. Wear some, and wear all, wear some bold. pajamas and stuff. Yeah. Bold yeah, call, I know. Man. I know. But so you're gonna have you're gonna be with a tour guide for most of it, and then are you gonna be like alone in town? Yeah, like just yeah. So her her company basically for whenever I want it, I just kind of let her know, hey, on this day I want a, like the full service, which is a, a driver and an interpreter. Um, and the the thing about her being licensed, there are other guide companies that don't have licenses. You can book them; they're on TripAdvisor or whatever, but they're not licensed through whatever maybe the government. So her having a license means I can go anywhere, basically. Like, she can get me through the checkpoints, all this stuff, with no issues. Like, it's she's a licensed person. She has a zone she can work in. Um, and then I, 
the thing, the misconception I think about Iraq right now is that it's just a, it's a war zone still, but it's from what I've seen and the people I've talked to have been recently, it's super up and coming. The crime is super, super low there. Um, their big thing is they want to show people that it's safe. Like we need people to come here and, and help, help us have businesses. Like we need to be able to sell our goods and do all these things. And they want to show people that it's safe. So I'm sure I'll get some of that out and across to, to people and figure that out. Going to go after an Ibex or anything in the mountains. I want to go to Afghanistan for that and so many other things so bad, but like Afghanistan's gnarly right now. But I do have a contact there. And, and they have those big mountains. That, they do have the mountains, yeah. Just saying. My it would man. be so cool to shoot an Ibex. There. Yeah, you're not shooting one from the bottom of those mountains. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but so that, yeah, that's the the project I have coming up. The most recent project so I cool. did was, um, I'm, I'm so excited, but I hope by the time this is out, it's done and we can like, I can link it or something. So you guys a link, but I did a, yeah, a link. I did a... Uh, Don't send us that. <laughs> um, in October of last year, I did a motorcycle trip with a bunch of dudes. And it was cool because it stemmed from just my buddy that I have met through the industry and just him and I deciding we wanted to go on a motorcycle trip and realizing like he's a an insane cinema camera operator. And we just kind of realized like, hey, what we want to do is getting kind of pricey. Why don't we try to get companies to sponsor it. So we just created a pitch deck and pitched ideas to all these companies. And we didn't really have a leg to stand on. We're just like, Hey, we're these two shithead kids that want to do this thing. And companies responded like Vertex sponsored it. Um, Yeti sent us stuff. Uh, like, yeah, we got basically everything covered. Like the motorcycles, the rental, all this stuff we were able to take, um, like Defcon was involved, like the shoes, half face blades, um, Vertex, Tech on Fit, like all these companies. And we made like a whole film. We gave deliverables to all the different companies, but we made this whole film and the, the film as we're recording is not finished, but hopefully as this episode is out, we'll be finished and super excited about that. We have, my dad was able to like come and drive the support vehicle on oh, it, which was, yeah, which was cool. Cause like we got to do this trip and he just, it was good to get him out. It's an adventure, with the boys. man. It's, it's, you know what his biggest, uh, like con- contribution was? His Jay or his dad? Jay. Drone operator. Yeah. I lo- I've logged my, yeah. I've logged since just because I've got like. We, we should have sponsored it with stickers. You should have. Yeah. I, any drone work you see in these, in these films that I'm going to send you guys links to any drone work. She boy. I love, I love all my children. And, and I remember baby Jay, when we get our first drone, got the range and his, very first flight. Yeah, smoked it. it day one. His, it was his second flight. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. My version's His better. first flight was but my day, first but flight. But day too. one of the... It was the first flight. Are you licensed now Concord. or are you totally pirate? I'm not... Li- no, I'm not licensed, but I've got pirate some hours. Life. Yeah, I've got some yeah. hours on it. He's probably got more hours than I do now. Yeah, I've flown a drone a lot recently, yeah. but... Are you licensed? I'm not licensed. Q has not sent me to class, which I think they should okay, because so it's illegal to fly all, a drone. We'll just edit all that out Let's, since we're blaming Q right <laughs> yeah, away. <laughs> we're licensed. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, right. right. In Africa, yeah. you, do you have to be? I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of places in the United States you have to be yeah. licensed. Well, I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't care if you guys fly them here. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking love flying drones. Yeah, we flew a bunch of drones. Yeah. I like flying drones over herds of wildebeest. Yeah, me too. As they're running. That's like my yeah. favorite thing I've ever done in my life. 
I don't know if it's going to make the cut in the video. A little, little. But there was a, while we were on the Bonneville Salt Flats. Says the uh, guy who's never flown with the wildebeest. <laughs> Damn. Um, well, we were on that. Well, so also the premise of this this trip that I didn't touch was the lads were out. We'd spent a week just on the road and we... Lads? Yeah, the boys. Your friends. Oh. Yeah. So we just hey. spent a week on the road and we just camped the whole way. So it was cheers. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> the lads. Yeah. The lads. Jeez, you lost me. Why did you throw lads out? <laughs> Tell me that part again so I can listen. The trip was, it literally was just, we're going on this week long motorcycle trip and yeah. we're just going to out in the West and we're just going to camp the whole way. So that's what it was. And we had a support vehicle and it was just every, honestly, like, and I mean, I don't have to tell you and most of the people watching, but like adventure is so important and ha- going on adventure is just like, I can't imagine living a life where I got like married at 21 and sell insurance. And my idea of an adventure is every year me and the wife and the kid go to some all inclusive hotel in the Bahamas. Like that You're sounds causing so, me anxiety. Just talking about, I it. know it sounds so insane. Thankfully like, the other part of my mind is thinking about you and the lads, me and the lads. all wearing like <laughs> golf outfits. No, I wish with, like short pants. It, and it stuff. was, but it, this trip was, it was great because the crew was perfect. Uh, it was, the riders were myself, Austin, the guy that I set it up with. He runs, he uh, runs Broken Arrow Creative. We had one of the owners of Defcon and then Andy Arabito from Half Face Blades. We were all riding and we had three guys in the support vehicle. We had two drivers, including my elderly father uh, and another camera guy. And it was chaos the whole time, which was the, all I could ask for. Uh, that's the name of this podcast, Lads and Chaos. Lads and Chaos. <laughs> so, so Jay... Adventure for the times. Jay didn't mention that he uh, crashed his bike. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> and please, first hey, the drone, now the bike. He's done with, while he's uh, talking about this story, you got to put up some photos that he's going to send yeah, you. Yeah, I'll send you some yeah, photos. Yeah, yeah. Dude, okay. <laughs> Let me preface this with... It must not have been that bad if we're laughing about it. I really hope that this... I hope that the film is out by the time this comes out because so Eagle Rider spot, we got our, we rented our bikes from Eagle Rider. One of the biggest bike rental places in the country. Oh, is this not something that we can talk about? No, no, no. This is fine. Okay. No, no, no. I'm just revealing my own secrets. So Eagle Rider hooked it up. It was tight. Everything was great. Everyone on this trip crashed their bike. We all crashed at different times. So you just, was, well, you don't drink, so it wasn't alcohol induced. No, no, no. and we paid the insurance. Like we did the, it's it's fine. But so my my whole thing was night one. We're on this trip. It's for a week. We ended up doing around fourteen hundred miles in five days. And night one, uh, I smoked my myself. Base like I'm pretty sure my ankle was broken. Um, I still have some issues with it. Like I can feel around and there's stuff floating around in there like <laughs> it's not good it's healed it looks wrong it doesn't look the same as the oh, other you one broke your ankle brother yeah night one we went on we were looking for a campsite went off this road and it was like a gravel road and we all had comms so we're all kind of talking we're in a line we're going down this gravel road everything's good there's two bikes in front of me then me and a guy behind me so we're going down the road everything's good all of a sudden the gravel turns into like silt like dry super fine sand that I've never seen in my life. And so it's creating these crazy dust clouds, whatever I hear. And I can't see in front of me anymore because the two bikes created a dust cloud mushrooms. That's what happened. No, no, it was not. (laughs) 
So we're going, and I—I I mean, we're not going. <laughs> it was space dust, Kevin. <laughs> yeah, basically, it straight up was moon dust. They have more moon dust <laughs> it straight in up Arizona was. than any other place on the planet. It was insane. And so we're in uh, Utah. No, we're in Nevada, Ely, Nevada, right now. And it's night one, going through. So it turns into space dust, and I can't see in front of me. And I hear over comms the dudes in front of me going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa be careful!" Whoa, they're panicking about something. And we're all cruising. We're going like 30, 35. But I don't know what they're wigging about, and they're just wigging. So they're not telling us to be what to be careful of. And I'm just like, well. So, so you just keep throttle. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. on it. Keeps it open. And I go into this cloud, can't see what's going on, and I just I feel the bike disappear from under me. <laughs> I felt it when you said you entered the cloud and couldn't see what was going Dude, on. You're yeah. on a motorcycle. Your buddy's in front of you panicking and yeah. you're here. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the bike just disappears. And what happened was there were these ruts in the in the trail. Space super ruts. gnarly ruts. Space ruts. <laughs> and my bike went into the ruts without me. And it it basically hit the rut and I go to the side. And we had taken the hard bags off of the bikes preemptively, knowing probably going to snap these if we keep them on. So I'm thankful I did that, but what happened was the rack that the hard bags are on pinned my leg and my ankle against like the the top of the rut. So my foot somehow got turned around and basically is <laughs> facing south, I'm facing north, and this the bike's on me and my shit's all twisted up. And when I hit, I'm like, oh, this sucks. This hurts. And but I realize there's a guy behind me. So I'm like, I'm down, I'm down, I'm down. Like, don't run me over. And I'm trying to, my shit's so twisted up. And that's when I'm like, oh, this is like, this hurts really bad. So I'm trying to get the bike off me. And I was on a Yamaha Tenere 700, cool bike, off-road bike, pretty heavy, weighs 400, 500 pounds. And I'm trying to kick it just enough to get my twisted ankle out from under it. And I can't. So I'm like laying there in this silt on comms. The other dudes are gone. I'm like, fucking hear you. Basically, but honestly, I was like in a little bit of panic. I was like, because it's night one. I'm like, we just did all this work to get all these people to buy into this. And I'm like, dude, get this bike off me. Like, I'm screwed. Please get the bike off me. Austin's behind me. He comes. He sees him down. He like gently puts his bike down and runs over and gets it off just enough for me oh, to get he out. Did, he didn't just throttle into the <laughs> no, dust no, no, no. <laughs> in the panic. No. He's so. like, I love the smell of <laughs> mushrooms and chaos. <laughs> no. So he kind of, he helps me out and I knew my shit was jacked and the other dudes turned around and like one of them laid their bike down trying to come around and like, it was just a big deal and I stood up and I knew my shit was fucked, but I was like, we better go now because we're like, we need to leave here and go to a campsite because it's getting dark and I know my shit's j- like jacked up. So I'm just like, let's just go before it swells up. And this is his shifting foot. Yeah, this is my left. Yeah, it's my left foot. Excellent. So whatever we make to the camp and everyone's like, dude, sit down, ice your ice your ankle, whatever. I took my boot off and it was just a fucking balloon. And I was like, oh, this is not tight. So I iced my shit and like, Whatever. Next morning, I could, dude. I it was so bad in the night. It's funny. I told Austin, but we where we camped, it was kind of like a little bit of an. I was on the top of the hill, basically. It's got a little bit of an incline, and it was my shit hurt so bad in the middle of the night. I had to piss. I just opened up my tent and rolled out and popped my bird out the side and just pissed <laughs> onto the ground, dude. And I'm pretty sure it like went downstream, like to Austin's tent or something. I don't know, but it just was and he's so the bad guy that stopped and helped you. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm sorry, Austin. Um, he's a lad, not a friend. Oh, yeah, no, he's a friend and a lad. Um, but 
So it was just, it was whatever. I knew my shit was jacked and ended up the next day just for the rest of the trip. We had like 1,300, 1,200 more miles to go. So I'm just like, I'm just going to tie my boot as tight as I can get it every day and just go for it. And I finished the ride, whatever, but like getting my toe under the, the shift lever was a nightmare. And like I was eating like four or 5,000 milligrams of ibuprofen a day or Tylenol a day, like just basically chomping on like Tylenol because I'm just like, I'm going to die. It was so bad. And I've got pictures. We got to the salt flats and I hadn't taken my sock off. I took the boot off that first night, but I didn't take my sock off to look at it. But the next day we got to the salt flats and we camped on the salt flats. Allegedly, you're not supposed to do that. Um, but I don't care. I've done it before. Um, so you can leave it in. But allegedly. you're not allowed to camp. Yeah, you're allegedly not allowed to camp on the salt flats, and we allegedly did. Um, but I t- they're like, hey, take your sock off, and I did, and my shit is just black and blue and so gnarly. Yeah, p- post that picture up right now. Oh. Yeah, it was bad, but... Doesn't look good. Yeah, it sucked. And my ankle... I don't have health insurance anymore because I left Q like an asshole, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> So my shit is jacked. Yeah. Like, so you're still having problems with your ankle. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it hurts like in the morning. During the day, it's kind of chill, but there's some stuff floating around in there. And when you say floating around, like, it, does it rattle? No, but I feel like there's like little chips or something, like some little little trinkets or something floating <laughs> around. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, health insurance and stability, stupid. Yeah. Have you ever put a bike I'm a down? Pirate I used to ride. <laughs> yeah, anyone. That's anyone that rides has dropped a bike. I've never, I've dropped a bike, but I've never crashed a bike. I like that's the closest much then, well, dude. That, that I used to exclusively he, ride a motorcycle. Do we talk about dirt, dirt bikes and street bikes? The last time I saw him on a dirt bike, he crashed that too. At, in oh, Arizona. yeah, <laughs> I was doing a wheelie while I was bored and laid it down. Yeah, I didn't loop out though, I just to the no, side. I, I've crashed, I've crashed a fair amount. Mm. But that like put it into perspective. I was going like 30. I think about it. And I, honestly, I will say because my ankle was so jacked up for the rest of the trip, I was a little gun shy about stuff because it's like I couldn't just put my feet down because yeah. I'm like, this sucks. So, but there were times where we're, I mean, you'll see in the film, but like we're going through the most insane country. We So we were out West. We're in uh, Nevada, Utah, Arizona. Um, and just the most beautiful country and you're yeah, carving, beautiful part carving these roads and stuff. And granted, I will say, so like we were on myself and uh, the the dude from DEFCON, we were on Tenere 700s, the, the adventure bikes or whatever, like, but they're made for dirt. Um, and then there were, the other two were on Super Tenere 1200s, which I had previously taken on my trip. They're amazing for state to state being on their 1200s. They got cruise control super stable they're amazing yeah it's the thing with the big bikes though is when you when you lay it down or you're in dirt right it's it's sucks yeah the 700s though just like going state to state and trying to keep yeah. up with the 1200s like well, we're pushing it it's like anything else a gun or a silencer or car like you try to get a, a do-all right motorcycle it's a compromise in a lot of ways but yeah. yeah i mean the frustration of that is i've been on some road trips on bikes and if I tend to, especially anything like enduro, off-road, I like the smaller bikes you, you can right. manhandle. But then, yeah, on the on the road, they yeah. fucking suck. And, I mean, we're trying to keep up with the 1200s, and we were. But it's like once you go over 85, your front end starts wobbling, and like, and it's a sail in the wind. And having that in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, dropping at like 30 miles an hour in the dirt sucked. Dude, what happens if I go down at 80? What happened? Like... 
I, it was like in my head for a couple yeah. of days, and well, then I mean, it is get a, thing, it. a psychological thing with that. Getting, well, I, I don't know. It's just part of like age too. Like I used to love that sort of stuff, and I've all I've got a motorcycle for my third birthday. Actually, like I've always ridden dirt bikes, yeah, street bikes, but those trips now don't appeal to me that much. I would rather like be in the truck or yeah. whatever, pulling the trailer on the road yeah. and then get to where we're going to ride off road. Right. Right. Like doing both. I mean, it's, it's a cool adventure, but yeah. Cause I end up frustrated because I ha- I have ridden my whole life. So like having a bike that's not purpose right. driven for what I'm doing is annoying yeah. to me. I will say though that like, I mean, and it's any, any trip we've ever gone on or whatever, where it's like, some of the most fun is had in camp. Everyone just sitting around and like, yeah. and we were roughing it. I say we were roughing it. We have a we had a support vehicle, whatever. Welcome so to it's Cameroon, like Cameroon, may I take your order, please? Yeah, basically, yeah. So, but it's just you're in the middle of nowhere with your buddies, and yeah. the, the dudes are being dudes, and just it's so much fun. There was a night where it got down to 26 degrees, and two of the dudes that came were like, "I didn't bring a sleeping bag." We're like, dude, what are you doing? Like. So it was it was awesome. It was chaos. She had a sleeping bag. No, I didn't, but someone may have allegedly. But yeah, I don't know. And it wasn't my dad. <laughs> so that's where you went. That's where you've been this whole time. Yeah, I was wandering the earth. I was looking for new like holistic medicines. Yeah, and, yeah. That's and what I keep telling people. Did you, that, yeah. did you leave Q because of Thomas? Yeah, tell us the truth. Well, now that we're here, uh, yeah. No, I didn't. No, <laughs> no. I just honestly and like I've. I've told the story to some people that have asked or whatever too, but I came to you and basically was like, Hey man, there's these things that I want to do that I've wanted to do for a while. And, and one of the parts was like working alongside of you and especially being on the podcast and hearing the story, um, a bunch of times and not about the honey badger replacing MP5 SD, <laughs> but, um, no, but like I know your story and, and basically you had these things that you wanted to do and you did what you needed to do to accomplish them. And, and that inspired me. And I came to you and said, there's these things that I want to do. And I, I really want to get them done. And you couldn't have been more supportive. You were like, you're speaking my language. Like you're talking about following your dreams. And I could never stop you from doing that. And I couldn't be more appreciative. And, and I, everyone I talk to, I tell them like, Kevin gave me every opportunity that I've had. Like I owe it to Kevin. Like he gave me all these opportunities and, and I will always fly the Q flag. Like, Oh man, I appreciate that. No, I appreciate it. Like, I will always fly the Q flag and I, I still do any chance I get where people have questions. I, it's funny. I feel like I answer more questions about Q now that I'm not at Q than, <laughs> than when I was there, but well, yeah, I don't mind it. That's it's funny. Cause around the same time, you know, Mitch in engineering, he came to me, it was, it was similar, but different. And cause you know, my recollection of it too, like I, I remember you and I talking about it and you know, it's like my advice is, I think was, supportive but it's like i care about all of you so it's like yeah like what's best for q but then all of you individually and anybody that i care about i would never stop them from like pursuing the thing they love and yeah but i i remember that it was like well you know q's really taken off and like you've got a face on here and this and that and Mm. you know you stick around two or three more years it's probably going to give you more opportunity for these other things you want to do than if you do it now. You know, it's a similar thing like I talked to my son about. And, you know, and he also wants to do it his own way and you want to do it and that's that's fine. So for me, it's like, it's great. Now I was thinking about a question this morning and uh, thinking about the podcast, getting a shower, getting ready. And um, 
thinking about the hunt Cameroon and like how different and difficult it was and just different aspects of it. And it was like, what's the thing and like a question for each of us was like, um, what's the thing you're most afraid of Thomas? Like in life, like whether it is we talk about these things, Jay gets this moment of panic where he's like, I want to go to do these things. And, why would I not do it now? Don't have kids. Those are the things we talked about. Well, you right. don't have kids. You're not married. Like, take all the risks now because you don't have shit to lose. Yeah. Like, you're not going to fuck up somebody else's life by going yeah. doing these things. I'm afraid of dying violently. Really? Yeah. Damn. I don't want to die violently. <laughs> yeah. Huh, sometimes when you're on an adventure, yeah, shit goes shit goes <clears throat> south. Sometimes, right? And some yeah. that's and it's like sure like you know I don't want to see some giant snake or some crazy spider yeah the normal or like ones. a gorilla that's like trying to fight <laughs> yeah but like you know it's just kind of like that's all fine and good and I can handle it in those moments like staring down a Cape buffalo at nine yards like you just deal with it right but I, like I just don't want to die violently that's what I, I love this because I think that is um, this is no disrespect to you or your great fear but that that is a young man's answer that's yeah, yeah, a yeah. youthful answer hundred percent. So, but it correlates, I think, with mine very well. And so does Jay's story, actually. Well, I mean, I think mine is not. So, my idea of success isn't necessarily like monetary success. I guess my biggest fear is that by the time that I can't do any of these things that I can go do now, my biggest fear is that I look back and go, man, I really should have taken that opportunity that I was given, at least tried it and saw what it was. And I'm afraid of failure in that sense of like, to me, I would have failed myself or I would fail myself if I don't at least attempt the things that I want to attempt. Like if I'm in a position when I'm older and I either physically can't do it or I, whatever, for whatever reason, I can't do these things. If I'm in that position, I look back and I go, I like, I lost it. I should have, I should have taken this. I should have done this. I should have done Like I'm unhappy now because I didn't do, do yeah, those life, things. I'm afraid of that. can get in the way. Right. I, I think that's interesting because I, I think I'll say it in a little different way, but it's my fear too. Like yours is dying violently. Like mine is dying with regret. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. and not regret of, I mean, God, I make, I mean, you guys know my personal life too. Like I make more mistakes than almost everybody else we know combined. However, it, it's like, I want to try and do everything and yeah, I mean, I, I think what, what's, what's the quote about living a life of quiet desperation. It's like settling kind of like what you're talking about. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, you know, I don't know. It, it, I find it from haters too online. Like the funny part of that to me is like, I'm not the most successful guy in the world. And I'm not, I'm probably in the top half of, of the smartest people at our company, maybe, but I, there's not a lot of people I would trade lives with. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I think about that. That's what drives me is, you know, and it, hunting and things like physically, I'm getting older and all these other things kind of get in the way, like me having custody of my kids their whole lives. And not that that got in the way. That's great lessons for me and something that I wouldn't trade for anything. But it's also, it was restrictive of my freedom to go and do things. You know, you get married, you have kids, you think you're going to raise your kids together. And, you know, be me being from the South and traditional and kind of simple and dumb in some ways, it's like, well, my job is to provide and do these things. And, you know, I'm not going to be at every 
game. I'm not going to be at every school event, but I'm going to make sure my kids have the best life they can. And their mother is going to do these things. And well, it didn't turn out that way. It turned out to be a mom and a dad. And so then like after that 10 years and my kids are old now and I can go do what I want, like I want to get it done, but it's the same with business. Like I'm the, when to circle back to the hater thing, like the thing I find so amusing about it and like the criticisms that I get professionally, and a lot of those are warranted. And as we all know, like the majority of the stuff is very convoluted that's ever posted about me, or it's just not true. And, but I just love it because I'm the biggest overachiever I know. Yeah. Like I am. And that's not to be arrogant that I've achieved so much. It's yeah, just yeah. like the expectation of my life was so little. And if I quit working now, I already like accomplished a hundred more things than I thought I ever would. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I'm addicted to that now. And like knowing that I can do these things, right? Like I don't want to dying violently would suck, but me dying, (laughs) wishing I had tried other things and gone and done things is that is what causes me anxiety and panic at this point in my life. Yeah. But at what point does that go away? You know, I hope it never does. I always want to be driven. Well, I think for, I think, we have a similar feeling toward it for different reasons. Cause like for me, I think a lot of it stems from, I didn't grow up with siblings. So I'm basically an only child. I have a half sister, but we didn't grow up together. Yeah, I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't do anything. So I, I need these like shared adventures, these shared experiences with people that I care about. And like, if it gets to a point where I can't go oh, on these I adventures the and that kind of thing, like, I don't know. Well, I think everybody, yeah, everybody needs it. But I think, yeah, a lot of people get it from their families and loved ones and stuff. And I think, like, I'm the luckiest guy I know in so many ways, but I'm not lucky in that way. Mm. Like, I don't really have a lot of family to share shit with. Like, my kids could not give a shit about what I do. Like, my career, any things that, like, most people criticize me about and where I get a lot of fulfillment and value and praise for for things that that our company has accomplished and our team has accomplished and of course like me being the face of it and the owner i get all the credit i get all the credit when things go good mm-hmm. undeserved and i get all the credit when things <laughs> fuck up which is partially deserved um but man like my children they don't they can't tell you one thing that i've done unless their friends tell them like you know, your dad did the honey badger or, or whatever the thing is. Yeah. My kids don't care. And like, I just yeah. don't have, so I, I think, yeah, if you, being an only child, maybe that's the same thing. Like I'm not connected to most people in that way. Like I don't, I'm the youngest by seven years Yeah, and I don't really have a relationship with my family. And yeah. Like, and I, when I say like shared experiences, like I have my family, I have my parents and stuff and I have a normal relationship with my parents. But I think like being a, like growing up, I've, I didn't get like competitive until probably like my junior year of high school, but I always played sports because I was like, Oh, I'm I'm part of a team. I got all my friend. Like, this is a thing. I have that team aspect. We're sharing these experiences together. And then I think a lot of these adventure, like when we go to Africa, it's a primal sense of like, we're out here, we're out here together. We're going through it. Mm -hmm. And like, whatever happens, it happens to all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's those sorts of things. You, you develop a connection with people that you can't, under you know you could work with someone for 20 years and be friends with them and you know see them at the super bowl party what what the fuck ever but yeah you can have more of a connection and bond after a week in hunting africa or doing whatever even just can. like driving around looking for yeah. animals like it doesn't even have to be like the hunt it's- and i mean for the rest of my life 
and I worked with Mitch and Nick and we had working relationships as well. Like we knew each other, but like if I don't see them for 20 years in 20 years, we'll be connected. Not just because we work together, but we went to Africa together. Same with Jose. He doesn't live up here. Yeah. I only see him when he was around here, but like forever we will be connected because we went to Africa together. And even people that we didn't go to Africa with, like, like when Pat Hemingway was here or like any of the guys that have gone, like Mike Murphy, all those dudes that have gone, Danny and Ray, we didn't go with, well, we did go with them, but any, anyone that's experienced the same thing, there's that connection yeah. with them. Yeah. I think a great struggle or a, a great adventure, it's, it's must tap into that psychology somehow the yeah. same way where you, you get a connection with someone that you may not have a connection with otherwise. Like, you and I last you night at the bar yeah. on a date. <laughs> it was right. the same thing, man. Yeah. I thought we're, we're connected in a way, but you're like, nah, man, you ain't coming to jazz. Rental I went, friends. I was on a date with you already. We were on a date together. Right. But, you know, you and me have been on like 30 hunts together. You know what I mean? And we're fucking, we're brothers for life because yeah, of it. it's true. Yeah. It's so, true. So yeah. it's still violent death. That's still the thing you're most afraid of. Yeah, because already in my life, like if I were to die tomorrow peacefully, I would have no regrets. I've lived such an amazing life and I've got to do so many amazing things that I've I've dreamed of and you know, I've manifested and I've gotten to do the things I've already wanted to do. And I, there's a lot of things I still want to do. Of course. But if I were to die tomorrow, I would have no regrets. So I don't have any fear of that because I know that the life I've lived already has been amazing. The people in it, the places I've been, you know, the experiences I've had all been worth it and if I were if it was to end tomorrow, then we're well, good. A thing that you and I probably share that you may not feel the same way about is that like I, one of my big fears is like I've I'm afraid of what comes after losing my parents. Really? I'm afraid of what I turn into. Because mm. like a lot of the stuff I told my mom recently, a lot of the reason I say a lot of the reason it's probably not true, but I feel like they're a huge reason I've not just gone down a, a dark path, whether it be like prison or crime whatever like all these things i've stayed out of jail he really wants because a life of crime i want to be it's in a, prison so it's bad. a secret of his that he wants to go to prison but like <laughs> that is so dumb <laughs> yeah i know but i think he like, has like a whole plan of like joining up with the you know the peck of woods or whatever you call him and <laughs> yeah, he is yeah. like, he's got this whole plan but he's I, even got his tattoos picked out i think so yeah, it's already know, on me yeah no but I, I i told my mom no they're not i told my mom already like the reason that I haven't done, like I could have I've had opportunities to do a lot of stuff that I shouldn't do and I think a big reason I haven't is because I'm like my mom and my dad are still around if I go to prison for their if this happens they're gonna be super bummed like I'd rather them not I don't want them to be bummed hmm. out like I don't care what I do but they're gonna be bummed about it see that's an interesting perspective like me as a father of adults now and having a strange relationship with my parents who, you know, I was not raised traditionally. Um, it, it's like I have a fear of my children. Like I, their mother, from my perspective, wants them to need her her entire life. And that's fulfilling for her in whatever way, whether, you know, from my perspective, might be controlling or something that's unhealthy. Yeah. But it might be a good thing. I, I don't know. For me, I feel like my job and my fear with my children is I want them to grow up to have their own lives and whatever life they want and can have, I want them to have it. And not for me giving them things. Right. Like I want them to have the life they should have. And I don't want them to ever feel 
judged by me or that they shouldn't do something because I will be disappointed. Of course, you like you want your that said you want your kids to grow up to be like right, good right. people. Yeah. They don't have like they don't need to be like Mother Teresa or anything. No, I got. But you. it's like be good people, contribute to the world somehow, some way. Like yeah. just don't be a shit ass. Other than that, like I don't. I don't want that expectation. And I also know from my perspective with my family and that strange dynamic, you know, I've been very fortunate from a young age, and that's not how I was raised. And I'm the youngest by a lot. And their expectation became, from my perspective, of I need to take care of my family financially because I've been very lucky. Right, right. And, like, that's fucked up, too. And it, it's, like, like, I realize, like, I was going to become an attorney because my parents thought I should be a professional. I'm going to do these things. And it's like, that's fucked up. Like, I don't want my parents' life. And that's no knock on them. No, like, yeah. my parents did great. And from what they came from, they made a bigger improvement than I did from what I came from to, to what I've achieved. Right. So I honor them in that way. But we could never get past, in recent years, the fact that I don't want your judgment and I don't give a shit. Because, you know, in sort of a respectful, but it's also a disrespectful way, but it's because, like, they feel rejected in a sense because I don't want the life that they want or that they want for me. And it creates a weird dynamic. So, like, you with your parents, because I wonder that. It's like, your parents did a lot of things right, but are they doing this wrong? Are you reading it wrong? Because, like, if I found out my kids didn't, like... You want to go to prison is just stupid, but <laughs> but if it were anything else, it's it's like his dad's a cop too. He would yeah. not last. No, I, just, I mean yeah. bad shit. I mean like if I just go join the Crips, like my dad's gonna be bombed about it. Yeah, but if that's what you want with your life, like get that's true. Get Sorry, Dad. That's true. I mean, that, <laughs> you know what? I mean, that's what I think. I mean, I think I think you're just being funny, and that's like a, a, a stupid thing. But I understand like the part of it, but especially. I guess if you're raised by a cop, like it's always thrown in your face. Like I was 100% not raised by a cop. Right. Let me just say. Yeah. And um, I think a life of crime for me would have been totally accepted. I just, but it's like, I wanted something different and that was very hard for my parents. And so I've been very careful, I think, and I've tried with my children to, Hey, I'm not going to give you a bunch of money. Right. What I'm going to do is I will pay for experiences and I want you to go live like an incredible life. Also, if you want to drive a school bus or be a school teacher or a barista, if that's what you want to do, hey, I'm on your side. I just want you to have the ability to not have to do something that you hate in life right. for money. Yeah. For me, it's not. I, I think the differentiator from like what I'm actually saying and to what I mean is that like I appreciate what my parents did and how they raised me, and I appreciate just the things that they've done. And I guess I want to be able to, I want to do whatever I want to do. And my parents are supportive. Like when I was about to graduate high school and didn't know what I was going to do, I told my mom, my friends and I wanted to drive around and skate a skate park in all 50 States. And my mom was like, uh, okay, well like do that. But why don't you make something out of it? Instead of just being like, no, you're going to college. So like my parents would support me in whatever I do. Um, maybe not crack, but other than that, they would support me and stuff, but I just appreciate what they've done. So I guess my, the fear part is like, um, I just want them to be able to, I don't want them to ever have to shy away from a question or something. If like one of their peers is like, Oh, what's your son up to? I want them to be stoked to tell them, Oh, he's doing this or he's doing that. And I don't mean like I'm afraid if they, I'm afraid of them not being able to do that. I just 
maybe it's like a selfish thing. Maybe it's like a pride, but, uh, but I want them to be able to be stoked and tell oh, people like, well, oh, he's doing this. I think everybody wants, you know, your, your parents to be proud of you. I th- m- you know, maybe what I realized after having my own children and choosing to raise my children differently than my parents thought I should have or whatever the things are was, you know, this is probably like years of therapy. It's like, yeah, so I'm like wanting my dad's approval and I'm never going to get it. And, like, why do I care? Like, my dad is probably, in a practical sense, he's not educated, but he's the smartest person I've ever known. Yeah. Like, built his own plane and flew it. Like, just all kinds of crazy That's shit. That's fucking crazy. He yeah. is insanely brilliant. Imagine and, getting and in your own plane. Like, yeah. you, you made it, and then you're like, well, let's go. And before he did that, he built his own ultralight, which was kind right. of like a bootleg aircraft, and flew it. And crashed it, and still had the balls to build a plane. Of All right, back to the so, drawing board. So, so you know, for me, I, I look at it and I see my dad's frustration. I have for many years, um, as he's gotten older. And in my like lame opinion, it is someone that loves him and cares about him. It's like he's very pissed off that he lives with regret that he know he's the biggest underachiever I know. My dad's done for himself right but in the sense of like his capabilities and what he could do but like you know from whatever from his childhood or whatever he didn't have the confidence or the willingness to like take risk yeah and then you know and then they had they weren't even that young but they had kids and my parents are really old but had kids and then you get tethered down and i think you know then my parents you know i'm an accident by seven years and i think my dad was like what the fuck like i'm never gonna get to do what i want and i think it resented the fuck out of me his whole life which is not sad me like whatever i don't care but it's like the realization of like i'm never gonna get his approval and what does it fucking matter yeah and it's like i we he and i don't agree on most things with life like right he's a good man and i respect him and but it is hard to love someone and see how brilliant they are and that, oh, well, you're going to take the safe route. Like, yeah. mm. And I think it probably pisses him off with me because he knows he's way smarter than me, and I did not take the safe route. And, like, what he's wanted growing up so poor in the time when he did, like, he's always wanted the respect of people his age for creating wealth. Right. And it's my opinion. And I never wanted that. What I wanted was to never work in a fucking factory and never have to work doing something that I hated. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, yeah. And so things just turned out differently. But I, I don't know. Like, that's cool to make your parents proud. But it's also like you get you maybe like just get the one one life, you know? That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Deep. Got deep. I know what happened. <laughs> I don't know. Fuck you said, yeah, you well, adventure and yeah. all this stuff. My kids, you guys growing up. Yeah. 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 We're fucking empty nest syndrome over here. I'm like freaking the fuck out. <laughs> so need to call my therapist. So, uh, oh, fuck. I have a confession to make. <laughs> yeah, me too. I hate, I hate when you, know, I, I hate, wish, when I wish Rad was here for it. No, so it's not a big deal. So one day, we were sitting in the office at work, me and Jay, and you were like ragging on us all day. You were just like going to town on us for whatever reason, as you do. Get, you know? Wait, give an example, because I feel like I'm a wonderful boss. You're a wonderful boss, yeah. but you know, you give us a lot of shit for various things, and it's great. Whatever. Yeah, there was terms, something. That terms of endearment. Right? Yeah. So we were like laughing about it, and we were having a good time, and we started talking about like 69 and stuff, and how you think that's hilarious, 69. So we're like... <laughs> 
we, we decided we're like, you know what? Let's start telling people that Kevin exclusively only 69s from the top down. <laughs> like you're on the top. Always and nothing else. How would who and how would this come up in conversation? We got it. Oh, there. yeah, yeah. Only with friends of yours, not like yeah. randoms, like people that are like friends of yours. I don't have any friends. But no, like internationally, like, you're known as. <laughs> well, so, I guess Maverick because you'd be inverted. One night we were having a sundowner and you were like talking to, uh, I think, Ray or somebody. Yeah. Like, we, it, it, some guys linked yeah, up with us. We like linked up and we were over there talking to Rad and we're like, yo, Rad. Yeah, like we got to tell you something. You'll never fucking believe this, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but but Kevin, you know, he's a sexual guy. Yeah. He only exclusively 69s from the top down, like on top of her. Dude, <laughs> I'll tell you. was so fucking offended. Rad's a good friend. What Rad's a real going on? Rad's right a real good friend because he was crushed. <laughs> he he looked at us and said, no. I'm like, yes, he's like, no. Well, I, okay, so I have some questions. What a sick son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was very bummed. So, in this <laughs> well, we told weird Ray thing you decided to make up, like, <laughs> th this is like the only sexual thing I do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that we know of. Yeah, th that we are understanding of. Yeah. yeah, we're akin to it because you told us one day. Yeah. But we and, told and Ray. Why did I tell you guys this? Like, <laughs> I what, think, what's so it was under the guise that we were like, yeah, because it's not a – you found YouTube very recently, very late yeah. in your life. Yeah. You discovered yeah. that. <laughs> so we were doing this under the guise of, like, you just kind of discovered 69ing. <laughs> and no one ever really told you the proper Nobody way to do it. told you how to do it, so you're going to so made it up. So you've just been going inverted the whole time. <laughs> And so we told we told Ray because we're like he's got a big mouth he'll tell yeah. everyone <laughs> yeah yeah we, and boy oh, did he because Danny came up to us call. and was like Ray is talking about Kevin sixty nine from the top like, <laughs> dude yeah it, we're like we can't believe it either yeah I mean, <laughs> all right okay so my next question <laughs> Yo, the, oh, okay let's say that this is made up yeah yeah why would it be wrong it ain't wrong. It's just, it ain't right. <laughs> it's Why just not? like the. Why the, do you get to decide? Your parents get to decide your life and how gonna, I 69. You're just going to punish the damsel that you're with. Oh, you, oh, so look at the feminist you are. You, no, you get to decide if a woman likes it or it's not. It's funny because That's usually true. you're with like a, you know, like a smaller, like trim woman, you know, like a beautiful woman. <laughs> yeah. And so, the picture of so your big ladies. <laughs> sorry to crush you, but. So like, the picture of like, picturing like you're like. You're kind of like, you know, dad bod. No, like, you're calling me that too. <laughs> no, but we're also picturing you being stoked because like, <laughs> like yeah, let's do Like, all right, you lay down. <laughs> Why are you guys thinking about my sex life? We were. We were getting other people to think about yeah. it. Literally. <laughs> we were you made up a whole Dude, goddamn Rad scenario. was so crushed. He was Dude. standing on the side of this cliff in Africa just lost yeah he's like as lost as i am right what now? a monster <laughs> <laughs> and he was wearing his big one one piece like camo jumpsuit and just so upset so yeah that was that uh it was you know it's no big we didn't like tell like the yeah, mass it was, population it was just like the group of guys in africa that we were with oh but it was a good time and now the world yeah and we just were like you know you know, you rag on us all the time for various things, and we just decided. But I don't ever make up shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I was wondering why my dating life's gone to shit. 
now I get it. Maverick 69. Yeah, you were inverted. I don't know. I think, I think, look, I'm not the most experienced guy in the world. I'll, I'll throw it out there. All right. But I got to think you're wrong for thinking it's punishing women. There has to be a whole segment you're of right. women that love this. You're right. No, but you're now right. I have to investigate. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> You, you, you sparked shit. the inverted 69 yeah. adventures, right? <laughs> Have you ever inverted 69? No way! James? I can't say that's been done. You can't? No. Yeah. yeah. Not inverted. You're yeah. Maverick. Yeah, dude, you're fucking Tom Cruise up in here. <laughs> <laughs> I will not be fucking Tom Cruise up in here. <laughs> Man. Not even inverted. Well, JP... Thanks for coming back. Yeah, I was in the neighborhood. Yeah. Thanks for picking me up in Cameroon. I was super <laughs> lost. <laughs> Dude, uh, you, you couldn't survive long out there. No I'm glad we found you. Uh, yeah. Good luck in Iraq. Thank you. Um, if you need a hand. Call Ross Perot. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't know what else to say because I'm... I don't know. We yeah. love you. We miss you. I'm proud of you. A little Appreciate wings. It. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate it. Flying the coop. Keep crushing. Do you want to plug your business or anything? No, I mean, hopefully by the time this is out, that motorcycle trip stuff will be out, and I can everyone can go watch that. It'll be cool. And yeah, say, I don't know. you say, know what? Where can they say watch I it? want to print? How do I buy a print? Oh yeah, if you guys want to print, I I take little photos of things and sell prints. You got to look. You look at the camera. Look at the people. I sent some to Kevin. Um. Oh, yeah, I was like, he didn't no know where from. from nowhere. Yeah, but so when he told me that, he's like, yeah, Kevin doesn't, he just doesn't know who they're from. I'm like, it's him and Rat. Who the fuck else is going to send him a photo All of him and Rat? Weirdo on the, weirdos <laughs> yeah. on the internet, man. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Like, people that slide into my DMs, trust yeah. me, it's not all inverted 69. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, if you want to buy a print from me, uh, you can go to thepineovercoat.com. The pine like the tree? Yeah. Like a like a coffin. Yeah, pine overcoat's like an old-timey way of saying like a coffin, a pine overcoat. Oh, I didn't know this. That's yeah. Cool. yeah. I like cool. that. Yeah, it was just something that didn't mean anything to me, so I was like, I'll do that. You so. know what you ought to do, or we should do for him? Yes. I, I don't know if it's like how you do this. Like, uh, I guess this would be like a GoFundMe thing, but like while you're in Iraq, like if you want <laughs> to Jay to take a selfie... Holding a picture of you in Iraq, <laughs> you send twenty bucks. Yeah, yeah, kind of tight. That would be kind of so, tight. We should come up with something like kind of tight. Is that the thing? All right, yeah. yeah. So or I'll get an Iraqi to hold a picture of you, and I'll take the photo. <laughs> yeah. that's better. See, yeah, yeah. this is this I, is. Yeah, I like synergy. It. Is very if you good if you want your picture with Jay in Iraq, send him twenty bucks in your picture, and he'll post it up. That'd be sick. Yeah. Yep. Um, so do we set up a GoFundMe so everybody can see this, yeah. or is it just I think we you want to keep it private? No, no, no. I mean, no. anyone who watches this, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm into it. That'll be cool. I'll do it. All right. Tight. I got to send a great picture of me. It's probably going to be a Nate. I know which one it is. I have a feeling I know which one it is, too. <laughs> holding, I'm wearing boots, and I'm holding a flower pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. All right. Well, best yeah. of luck, friend. Anytime you guys need me to come sit at the old... If you want to see Jay in in uh, upcoming content, leave it in the comments. I mean, no, maybe we'll, maybe I'm we'll listen to you. I'm in the neighborhood, and, and if in you don't, color at the it, new podcast room at the new building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. If you want Jay to keep coming back to the podcast, let us know in the comments. Uh, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. 
yeah, you heard him. You don't have to slide into my DMs and ask me if I can bring Jay back. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> follow the fucking rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just comment, say bring Jay back, and uh, maybe we will one time. Hell yeah! All right, all right. Thanks Adventure for having on. Me. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> <lads>. <laughs>